Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at Pod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk. And if busting makes you feel good, you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content. Or shoot over and get some groovy merchandise at society6.com forward slash filmbusters. All right, can we just get on with this now, please? Filmbusters. Jamie, how has your uh, 2022 been so far? It's been pretty good. Um, I can't complain. Um, managed to squeeze in a couple of uh, really interesting films. I'll be re- revealing them later on. Um, Christmas decks are down. And, oh, uh, dear. Straight away. You've got them down oh, already. Yeah, I need to. Need are you to still be- up then, Ben? Oh, yeah. Because the date that you bring the decks down is 6th, isn't it? No, they have to be down by the 6th. That's okay. I'll cling on to the last minute. <laughs> I took mine down yesterday. Listeners, we're recording this on the 4th. Jamie and Adam can't wait to get the Christmas decorations down. And still holding on to every shred of hope. Well, listen, the decorations make me feel alive. I can look over there, I can see my Christmas tree glowing. I can see Is the cards strung Christmas up. Tree? No, of course not. <laughs> well, if you have a, a, an artistic child who loves to throw herself at Christmas trees um, and wrestle with the, with the baubles, etc., you we get like that tree to, down, as soon as, like down as soon as possible. Yeah, who, who can blame you? Who can blame you, listeners? As you I may want to realize, the Christmas tree as well, though. <laughs> there you go. Well, yes, quite. <laughs> you know, seen a Christmas tree and just want to rugby tackle it. Yeah, it's just like that scene in Gremlins. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> listeners. Of course, Happy New Year, first of all, to you. First episode of 2022, and immediately, immediately, we're a man down. Yes, we're a man up. We're, yes, we're a man up and a man down. But where is Paul Adam? Paul is still struggling with COVID. It's hit him hard. It's hit him hard. He thought we'd be back by now, but I, I, I'm not sure whether I should take this personally or not. Because every rec- well, the last two records now, you're right. S- s- something has happened. So, I'm but a, it was COVID. It was COVID I, last time, essentially. Both, both times. Who was with, it last time? Well, with the with vanishing. Ben. When we did the vanishing, I didn't have COVID, but I'd had the jab, and it had oh, knocked yeah. me on my ass. And so, oh, actually, yeah. we were really we were going to record that day. Yeah. But because I'd had the jab, I wanted it before I was going to Scotland. So we then had to push back the vanishing by like three weeks because I was in Scotland for two and a oh, half yeah. weeks. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. I had, so, had to rewatch it. So, Adam, you're next. I know. We'll touch wood. I almost missed out the Julio record last one. So, but we yeah, made that's right. it. You did. But we wish Paul all the best. He's on the tail end of it now. He'll be back with us in the next episode. But for now. You've got to make do with the dulcet tones of Jamie Russell, who you are all very well acquainted with now. I am sure, yes. Jamie. How many episodes you've been with us on now? This is your More third. Enough, yeah, this is my third. Yeah, this is well, your third. third. Yes, third. Just burn after reading, um, then it was okay. vanishing. Now, what we're about to discuss. Yes, exactly, listeners, and we that will be revealed very, very soon. So, listen. Don't they already know? 
Well, yes, that's true. They do know it's Robocop, yeah. Because <laughs> they clicked on the title. It's sitting right there in their podcast player now. We Robocop. mentioned the end of our last one. It was a longer podcast, and not everyone probably made was, it to the end. But I know. I thought I was building up some sort of an- anticipation. We there. can build oh, it up, Jamie. We'll build it up. <laughs> I know. I try and build it up. See, I'm not the podcast host. It's Paul. It's falling apart without you already, Paul. Look, even my light over here is going off. Come on, put that back on. Right, so, <laughs> yes. Jamie Russell was with us. You know him. We know him. We love him. You know that he's full of good information. So today's recording is going to be very, very interesting indeed. But before we get to all of that stuff, let's give a little shout out to all our other patrons. Jamie is a patron. Of course he is. There's many, many benefits when you join us. You can come on the podcast if you so wish, much like Jamie. You can return every six rounds. You can get merchandise. You can send us what you've been watching. We'll shout it all out. We give you many things. Or little things, depending on what you want, you get you can get an assortment of things. There's a collection of people that we have on board. Who do we have on board first, Adam? We have Katie and OT from the For Your Reference podcast. Excellent, Jamie. Who else we got? New patron. Okay, well, it's not new now, but uh, it's going to be established very soon. We have Luke Human. Absolutely, yes. it feels like he's been a patron for so long because we, does, we're so does. familiar with him over here. Uh, we also have Philip Barantini, director of Boiling Point, my favourite film of 2021. I'm going to see that tomorrow night with a Q and A from him as well. So oh. am I. So am are I. you? Yes. At seven o'clock. Uh, or it's, yours half it's seven. Quite, it's, it's quarter by seven. It's, it's only around by the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Where are you going excellent. to see it? Um, it's going to be Audion. Okay, because it's the Odeon and View were the only ones showing it near me. I'm going to the View near me. So oh, amazing! You bo- you boys are in for an absolute. It's like treat. the only sp- only screening of it. I'm I'm very very That's excited right. to yeah. watch it. Yeah. You're on for a treat. Who else, Adam? Yes, uh, we also have Sean Panda Nicholson, who is also a fairly new patron in the terms of them all, but again, very well established. Absolutely established. Ensconced is what he is. <laughs> Jamie, who else? Well, part of the old guard. We have Nerdrovert. I think he's been a patron from the very beginning. Nerdrovert. He He has. He he has been there. I'll tell you, we launched Patron, and within four days of launching it, Nerdrovert joined the ranks. Who's the first? Well. I think it was me, wasn't it? Jamie, you were an incredibly close second. Was I? Incredibly close second. I think maybe it was the the, the global time difference. Julio was third. Uh, Oh, it's Katie and Oti. Katie and Oti were first out the traps. Bang. That Australian time zone. Gone. (laughs) We we, we rubbed (laughs) him in. We also have a more recent member in Stephen Roberts. Steve from Movie Drone is how you all know him. Thanks for signing up, Steve. Yes, you do. You also have, as Ben just mentioned... The third patron in the mix, who featured very, very recently, is Julio from The Contrarians. Absolutely. Last one from you, Jamie. Who else? Well, uh, last and hopefully not least, have myself, Jamie Russell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The from pinnacle. the Jamie Russell podcast. He's yes. leading the way here. Jamie is our most featured guest by this point, I believe. I think he's the only guest we've had Julio on. Julio might have been. Julio. Julio, we've had... It says it's close between the two of us. Yes, because Bart, the first time we had Julio, he was with Alex. So the, it was kind of split. Kind of yeah. split. That mm. Holy Motors episode. But yes, we've had, we've had you and Julio three times. Um, and finally, how could I forget the Joaquin Phoenix lover? Fiona Stewart. Fiona. Yes, yes. Bless yes. you. If you're listening, you signed up after Adam and I absolutely decimated Joaquin Phoenix's performance, or particularly me, in Come On, Come On. Uh, <laughs> you, you're still with us, so thank you very, very much. Um, if you're listening, 
Uh, why Don't leave? <laughs> yeah. What, what? What? How can you still be listening? We appreciate we gave it. Jo- we gave Joker. Joker's in our top five. Isn't yes. It? Yes, it is. Uh, Paul made up for it that way. Anyway, yeah. listen. If you want to join the ranks of those lots, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters or Google filmbusters crossing the streams. Yes. And you can sign up to many different ranks. They're all named after Ghostbusters. One of them's named after Slimer. You can be any of them you so choose. So have a look. Have a little browse around there and you can find out yes, what we are up to. Just a quick note. I've just thought of something. Yes. In the end of the last podcast, we promised you that we'd move some ratings around. Um, mm. We'll talk about oh, this to yes. further extent. But since well then, done. we have decided on our ratings. <sighs> well, we know that Jamie gets to add, add a, a, a ranking. Jamie, as a patron, you can decide. Do we reveal our new positions of our films now, or do we reveal it at the end of There's this when we get to the one. board? There's one big one that's happened. The rest of them, I feel like... <laughs> Are probably quite should, should, this, should this not be something that uh, Paul's here for? Maybe no. Paul's given us permission to do it this this he? episode. Has yes, he? Okay. He, he wants us to reset the rankings. Yes. Well, it's it's it's, it's the first episode of the new year. It's, it's, okay. uh, it's a good time to do it. I would say. Let's do it right off the too bat. Much detail. We'll, we'll probably explain the other ones, but Paul's here because he knows the ins and out. Yeah. Why, why don't Why don't you just I tell up, everyone our new I graded? Yes. A film from a nine to a ten. And this film then goes to the top of the film buster's rankings. And it's the first Ooh. film that we have Irishman. all given a 10 out of 10. And that film is The Irishman. Yeah. I thought about doing this last year. And I thought, mm, there was another film I wanted to move around. I can't remember what it was now. But I thought, no, The Irishman is a 10 out of 10 film for me. And it's going to go into the top spot of film busters now. It's overtaken oh. Whiplash, which I don't know if I'm too pleased about. But, we can we can be pleased we can be pleased because these are but, all incredible films to Ben's have at the top. Up, Ben's are never upgrading Whiplash to a ten out of ten. So uh, I, I might I might be contributing to Whiplash. Who knows? Well, yes, oh, yeah. I might have to take that back now. <laughs> but there you go. We've got a new number one, listeners, and yes. it's our only one. We're a unanimous on, and it shows how a film can go on a voyage. Because I'm pretty sure when we came out of Irishman originally, Adam, I got a feeling you were giving it an eight, no, and I then you moved to a nine. nine. Was it? It was always a nine. But I think it was mm. just a nine. And the more I watch it, the more I love it. I think I watch it three times now. And every single time it grows. That's the power. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch it. I've only seen it once. What did you give it, Jamie? Remind me. Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. I, I think it would have been at least a nine. Yeah, yeah. At least I, a nine. I'll need to look on that above. There was a lot of emotion, sentimentality at the time surrounding it. I was almost going into it sure, so sure that I was going to have to give it a ten. But I was very, very, com- com- I was very comforted by Journey's End that the quality of it actually held up. But anyway, that's that's it, listeners. We, we've got a new number ten. So uh, before new number one, not number ten. No number one. Yeah, sorry, new number one. The only one with all tens. I give I give it a ten. Oh, you did. Excellent, mm-hmm. Jamie. You're in good company here. Then. Okay, so uh, before we move on and uh, get to the the meat and potatoes of the episode. And before Jamie, even before Jamie takes the reins of the quiz, the staple we'll of every explain episode, in a minute, the staple of every episode, one last order of business, an update order of business from us. I think we mentioned it in the last episode, but just so we do it, top of the year for everyone, so you know what to expect from Film Busters this year. So Jamie Russell has brought Robocop to us this year. 1987 was the year of release. We've decided over at Film Busters that this year we're going to take films in rounds, 
And we're going to each pick a film from the year our patron suggests a film from. So Jamie has said 1987. So what that means is Paul's pick, Adam's pick, and my pick will also be films from 1987. I dare say by the end of the round, we'll have a discussion then about potentially which film is the best, most representative of the re- of the of the year. Yeah. I don't know. We'll do something that. like that. And then I think we'll best and representative are maybe a different though. Well, they are. They are. Yeah, best and representative are. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing the variety in each year because there's a lot of very very films that came out in 1987 not showing yeah. my hand at this stage but when you have a look at what we could be covering in future it's episodes a really good yeah really good yeah yeah absolutely would you is. have changed the year jamie knowing this when you picked the film i could quite possibly to be honest okay because yeah. we only announced this briefly yeah. after you did it i mean it's, it's a brilliant idea it's, it's really good um Quite possibly. But you've got to set the course of our opening four episodes, essentially, by picking Robocop. You have forced our but hands. also, to be fair, we are doing a little bit different this month because there is a new film coming out that I feel we have to cover. Yes, we will be covering. very good friends of the podcast, Scott Redding. If we don't do it, he'd probably break into our oh, system, scream, re- record his own podcast and announce <laughs> it and put it in front of everybody. You got so, it. so there will be the odd... Uh, contemporary release mixed in there, is there any any chance for patron privilege quick uh, reveal of your choices i take it you've chosen your i actually still choices. don't know well see the thing is yeah so you're going to find out at the end of this episode paul's because we're going to play it live right. me and adam right. don't know i have He's a voice memo voice recorded. We ah, haven't listened to it yet. waiting okay. to go here to reveal oh, next week i love it and uh love yeah we won't know adam's Excellent. until next episode I'm kind of, there's a film i want to do because it'll be fun but i don't know if to do something else because I think I'll have to sit on it for another week or two. Well, the interesting thing about this also is that, unlike in the past, for the most part, we've always picked films we've seen because we go, oh, that one will be good to talk about, that one will be good to talk about. I think this also gives us the option to uncover blind spots, like massive blind spots from a certain year that we haven't seen that we go, do you know what? Let's do it on the pod. To be fair, I haven't looked into films I haven't seen in 87 yet. Do it. Just just out of interest, just do it because there'll be some that we like. Exactly. We've got still got another week or two to pick, I think, so... Well, listeners, uh, buckle up because we've got all that coming. Right, forget that. Let's go to the staple of every episode. As you know, I won the quiz last year, which means that I am normally the host. But as we don't have Paul, Jamie takes the reins on hosting duties. Yes. Jamie, you've got a couple of questions for us? I do indeed. Are you ready, gents? Yes. We are ready. And just to clarify, if Adam and I get the questions wrong, Mm -hmm. the points will go to Paul. Indeed. Are you ready, Adam? Me and you head to head for maybe the first and last time this year. I know this is going to be a a sad moment. (laughs) This is like uh, old time. This is like two years ago, three years ago. I can't remember the last time you and I went head to head. Here we go. Here we go. Well, last year, but Mm. okay. Question one. (laughs) Yes. What are Robocop's three prime directives? I knew it. I knew it. Uphold. Oh, this is where I come unstuck, though. Uh, Adam, let me go first. If I get any wrong, you can come in. Right. Um, extra, extra credit if you get it in the right order. Oh, fucking hell. See, this is the question I knew you were going to ask. And now that I'm on the spot, I've forgotten exactly the wording. But uphold the law, protect the innocence, mm-hmm. and um, uphold the law, protect the innocence, civil obedience. Uh, maintain civil obedience. That ain't it, is it? Well, I, I can't really say, can I? It's Adam. true. Go on, Adam. <laughs> the, first, the first two that Ben said, is it plus bring justice? 
I feel it's got justice in it. Uh, I think this is a question that's going to go to Paul. The right answer in the right order is serve the public trust. Serve the protect, public trust. Protect the innocent, uphold the law. Damn. So I you got... need to get you need to get all three of yes. them. Yes. I'm sorry. No, sorry, no. That's be... that's more I than fine. I swear it said bring justice or serve no. justice in one of them. No, no. What did I get justice from them? I knew that you were going to ask that. That's exactly what I knew. The question would be, and I fucking forgot the detail. Well done, okay. Paul. You're not here and you still scored points. One point for Paul. Okay, so the next question. I think this is a harder question. We'll see. Right. What precinct was Murphy transferred from? Oh, fuck. That's hard. That's hard. Well, a number or the department? Yes. No, it's a, it's a precinct, particularly like a, like a location. He's transferred, and and the the uh, this, the desk sergeant yeah. uh, says, "Oh, you've transferred from." I hear that no, that's a that's a nice precinct. You're going to work here for eleven properly, sort of thing. Yeah. Can I ask one clarifying question? You don't mm-hmm. have to tell me. This is benefit both of us, Adam. Is it is it a the name of a city? No, but it does have a sort of a, a, let's say a direction in it. Okay. Precinct West, Precinct East. Like that, yes. So I'm going to say North Precinct then. Okay. Adam? Um, I'm going to say Precinct West. Two points for Paul. Damn. It's it's Metro South. Do you know, Uh, I was going to say Metropolis. That would have still been wrong. But I thought (laughs) Metro was in the title. Uh, Metro, Metro. Oh, yeah, I, 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 that was a complete stab in the dark for me, but um, yeah. Oh, very good, very good. Well, well done, Jamie, for those Would you questions. allow us have it if we said South? No, he's a no, hard task master. No, no, no. <laughs> There's no way he was letting us get away with that. Paul, oh, you've got two scores on the board. Well done. Thanks for those, Jamie. You've started us off on the back foot this year. Yes. Adam, you are two down against Paul already. You've got it all to do I in know. the next episodes. Good Lord. Normally, Good beginning, Lord. At the beginning of the year is normally where I bring my points as well. I know. It's <laughs> well. true. You, you normally go screaming ahead that first part of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you finished last year as you mean to go on this year. Right? Yeah. And that's the way you've done it. Excellent stuff. Great. Wonderful. There you go, patrons. There's the quiz. That's all you need to hear from us. That isn't about Robocop. Let us cut to the film. That is about Robocop. It is, but it's not robocopy detail, fleshy and metally robocopy. <laughs> That's trivia detail robocopy. The enforcement droid, Series 209, is a self sufficient law enforcement robot. 209 is currently programmed for urban pacification, but that is only the beginning. After a successful tour of duty in old Detroit, we can expect 209 to become the hot military product for the next decade. Dr. McNamara. We'll need an arrest subject. Mr. Kenny. Yes, sir. Would you come up and give us a hand, please? Yes, sir. Mr. Kenny is going to help us simulate a typical arrest and disarming procedure. Mr. Kenny, use your gun in a threatening manner. Point it at Ed 209. Yes, sir. Please put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You now have 15 seconds to comply. You are in direct violation of Penal Code 113, Section 9. You now have 5 seconds to comply. 
Right everyone, as you heard, Robocop 1987, the first film in our round of 1987 brought to us by Jamie. Before we get into the, all the glorious detail of Robocop, we will of course, our first inaugural plot summary of the year, revert to Adam to give it to us. Yes. I'm good. Uh, I don't feel there's really much you can say. We'll go with a very simple plot summary for this film. This film is about a policeman who gets put into a government experiment or a company experiment to turn him into the ultimate policeman officer and he turns him into a robot with a human face and a human way of thinking but he's there as jamie said in his question to protect civilians and uphold <laughs> you've forgotten his directors already <laughs> yes anyway yeah he's half man well he's not really half man he's the head of a man the body of a robot and he goes around being a policeman Part man, part machine, all cop. Excellent. Excellent. Is that actually in the film? Well, that, that's the, that's that's the tagline, isn't it? The tagline, yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah, Robocop, the future of law enforcement. There we go. There we go. Brilliant. Well, you're not yeah. going to hear from me now. We're going to throw it over to Jamie. Jamie, why Robocop? Why now? Well, um, I think I'm, I might actually have to make a, an amendment to what I uh, said previously. I said that... Originally, my first 18 that I saw was The Thing. Mm. And I, looking, looking back now and looking at Robocop, I think actually it was Robocop was my, my first Is 18. Robocop 18 rated? Oh, absolutely. You kidding? I know there's a, there's a lot oh, of gore it's, in it. It's, it's really excessive. I mean, even, but... even, even for today's standards, mm. it is a, a, a clear 18. There's no way that... Um, I was answering a question because... A lot of 80s films have been downgraded as they've been sort of, uh, sort of re-released on different sort of formats. So like Die Hard's gone down to 15, uh, Lethal Weapon's gone down to 15, and a few others as well. But Robocop will never go down to 15. No way. No way. I mean, that, that, that the Murphy massacre scene itself, is, is, is <laughs> that's, that's 18 territory big time. That, that traumatised <laughs> me. <laughs> it's it that is pretty unforgettable. Yeah, right. P- particularly if you watch it at an impressionable age. Were you? Yeah. Did you see it legally, Jamie? Were you of age by the time, or did you sneak no in? No chance. Very, uh, very underage. And I think that uh, a lot of uh, you know, teenage boys, preteen boys as well, watched Robocop in the late eighties underage i mean the soap yeah. I've, I've, I've looked on forums and everyone's sort of seen it as it's a bit of a rite of passage film um yeah you watch robocop you mm. know um and uh and you're changed yeah you are changed absolutely i mean I, was the remake in 18 no 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 i well, can imagine did, them putting it down to like a 12 was it like? was it was a 12 i think yeah. it was really sort of standard and i yeah I'll, I'll speak about that later but um so i can i can take this back all the way to um uh, it was a secondary school uh, English discussion. I remember this clear as it, as if it happened yesterday. Um, for whatever reason, the teacher decided to ask us what was our favourite film, and I think the implication is what was your most recent for sort of favourite film. And um, 
so I was in secondary school, um, so I'd have been 12 maybe. Um, and of course, I didn't want to sort of say Ghostbusters Back to the Future or Star Wars, anything like that. I wanted to sort of make it look as if I was an adult, you know, and sort of watch an adult film. I love that you just listed all of Adam's favourite films pretty much. <laughs> But you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I love those films, don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. But, you know, uh, everyone everyone else was sort of saying th- things like Robocop and all this stuff. Uh, whether they'd seen them or not is yeah, it's, it's different. But um, I was, And it came to me and I was thinking, shit, shit, I, I, I can't think of a film at all. Um, Even back then you were taking this question so seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and then I remembered, oh, that's just a couple of nights before. Um, my, my mum and dad allowed me to stay up late to watch this really crappy tv movie called the cassandra crossing which has like a it's like a virus on a train sort of uh, film but it's you know it's it's just rubbish um but it was it was the only thing i could think of that was remotely sort of semi-adult so i said oh the cassandra crossing and i remember <laughs> i remember something like what what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and uh, actually the the teacher knew what it was he said that, that's that that's that so Made for TV film, I don't, and he sort of he pretty much ridiculed my choice. <laughs> um, and then yeah, everyone else was saying Robocop. I was saying Robocop. That sounds that sounds really good, and I really I really want to see that. And you have to remember that this is pre-internet. Mm. This is pre sort of knowing everything about films. I hadn't seen a trailer about it. I might have seen a TV spot. That's the only way I would have seen anything for this because I wouldn't have wouldn't have been on a you know a, a trailer on a, on a VHS or anything like that and um, so yeah I really want to watch it I really must see this now and um, a little bit later it wasn't long after that maybe you know it was definitely in that same year um, my best friend at the time and uh, my sister who's a couple of years older than me and her best friend uh, we were all um, deciding on, on on a film at that. Remember, I said there's a one um, VHS rental place in Orkney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is before the the, the, the competition. Um, so I had no chance of uh, uh, you know. I think uh, I'm pretty sure we must have had a a, a, a parent who, uh, who who got the the film in the end. But we all went for Robocop. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Here's my chance. To I thought Robocop. you were going to say you had to argue, argue your case for Robocop. Oh no, no, no. Everyone no. wanted it. See, I think because we it's all, all about justice. Yes. Because it, it was a group consensus, we all wanted it. So I think poor mom probably said, "Oh, yeah, fine, okay, then I'll get it." Against her better judgment, I'm sure. Um, so then we we're, were watching watching Robocop with my mom, and um, uh, I mean, I, I was absolutely glued to it, but. Um, I was I was sort of really sort of blown away by it. I was quite sort of uh, sort of traumatized by by parts as I'll mention later on. Um, and um, at the end of it, I remember being so sort of uh, sort of affected by it that uh, I went to my younger brother, who is three years young, three years younger than me. And I said, um, I said Andrew, and you don't watch that film, okay? <laughs> Just, just, just stay away from it. It will, it will mess you up. Um, and of course, by saying that, what does he do? Goes and watches he, it straight he, away. He watches it, doesn't he? So he's so much younger than me. Um, and uh, what he actually did, little, little, he, um, he, um, he hounded mum to watch it. Um, and uh, so he ended up getting a, a, 
an individual uh, screening of the film. But I didn't realise until later on, because I, I asked him, actually, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a podcast on Robocop. I said, um, I just want to speak to you about uh, what, was it, what, what, was it, what was it like watching it for you the first time? And he said, um, he didn't tell me this at the time, because, of course, he wanted to make it look as if he watched the whole film and he was, you know, no problem. He, uh, Mum sort of censored it for him <laughs> um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very mum way. Uh, and so, so you you got your Ed Two and Nine and the and the uh, Murphy's killing, and then you know the Melting Man scene, all the the, the the key scenes of the film. Yeah, she, but when you rather than sort of telling them to sort of you know, you know close your eyes and I'll just fast forward it through it, you know VHS. Yeah, um, she <laughs> she said, put this cushion in front of your face, right. <laughs> So, but she still played it, and you said you had a cushion in front of her face, and you were sort of peeking, <laughs> peeking by the yeah, uh, of the cushion as you knew you were. Because yeah, your brother's going to listen to that, isn't he? When he knows something exactly. amazing yeah. is on the come, screen. Come on, mum. <laughs> so, um, and also, if you think about it, you know that, that if you just hear it, your your mind can just you. Sometimes make it's it worse. Even worse, exactly. You know. So uh, anyway. Um, he uh, he did sort of technically watch it as well. Has he still watched it to this day? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's watched it plenty of times. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, we've watched it together plenty of times since then as well. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, after that, um, I remember there was a, there's a really infamous uh, edited version of the film um, on on ITV, um, and I remember sort of really looking forward to it. I think, oh yeah, I've got, I'm going to be able to record Robocop, and I was really good with taking out adverts by that point as well. Yeah, um, pause at just the right yeah, time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I was, I was, I was <laughs> an expert at it. And um, Adam, you're too young to remember these but, these yeah, toils but, but, and troubles you had to go through. Within within the opening five minutes, they had just butchered, censored all of the bad language. I mean, there's loads of, of, of what time of day was it on at? It was on at nine. Oh, yeah. So it was, it, but it was, still the was, TV edit because they still have to even even when it came on after Watershed, loads of films they still have to like sanitize oh, yeah, it just so slightly yeah. because people the casual yeah. viewer could flick on at any given moment. Yeah, but it, it was just absolutely massacred. So mm. I think right to watch this film again, I have to I have to bite myself. Well, I, I did ultimately um, uh, buy a copy of it along with. I remember them very clearly. I think they're these are both eighty seven films. I think as well. So you know, Predator. Oh yes, and and the Running Man. I think they're both eighty-seven. They are. They are eighty-seven. So all three of them, all three of them, just happen to be uh, eighty-seven. And I sort of watched them obsessively on rotation. Yeah. Um, and uh, but Robocop was always the one of those three. That was Robocop, the one that really sort of uh, had, a, had a big impact on me. Um, and um, so I watched it several times, but. I don't think I ever really sort of truly understood the you know the satire or anything in the film, um, and then um, I went to study film at university, and Robocop was in one of the modules that I took. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a science. I think it's sort of identity, humanity in, in in science fiction, and Blade Runner and Robocop were definitely two of the films that were on the course, and there were other ones as well, um, and so. Th- that got me to sort of think, oh, well, maybe there's, there's something a little bit more I hadn't really appreciated before in this film. Um, and um, then uh, the next thing that I can think of um, was my very first teaching year. 
um, which is 2001. And I was, uh, um, I was in Suffolk um, in, a mix, uh, in, a, in a mixed ability uh, a comprehensive school, so very different to school I'm currently working in. Um, and so it was the very first week in September. So September mm. 2001, right? Yeah, I, I didn't have uh, internet then. I didn't even have a television in my first week. Wow. And so September 11th happened, and I remember just listening to it on the radio, thinking, I really need to get a TV. This is ridiculous. I, I'm missing out so much on this. So the very next day, I got a TV, and I got my very first Blu-ray player. Wow, and you were early on the Blu-ray player vibe then, 2001. Was, was that early? Yeah, yeah very. That pro- it probably was, actually. Oh. Um, and, um, I didn't I know got, they were out that early. And, uh, and uh, they must have been. Um, and I got, um, I got Robocop on, uh, on, wow. on DVD. And I got, and this is something I should have sort of mentioned before, um, when I was uh, watching Robocop lots of times as a, as a teenager, I, I found out that there was a, a director's cut. But the, mm-hmm. you know that the the theatrical the, the version is, is is cut, and that's what got me interested in sort of censorship, and that's why I really sort of uh, you know I, I wanted to watch the, the uncut version, and then I sort of that's when I sort of uh, you know looked into all these other films that had been either banned or censored or whatever, yeah, um, and that just fascinated me, and so this version I got was the director's cut, right, the first first time I watched the and, and that that was. That was, you know, that brought another level uh, uh, of my appreciation of the film. Um, and then, um, and so I to watching it and appreciate it more from an adult perspective. And then um, there's a, an Arrow release version um, uh, about a year ago. That, and I got that as well. Um, Listeners, he's reaching down. He's showing us the Arrow yeah, Robocox nice version, which does yeah. look very, very nice. Good artwork. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and it's got uh, brilliant sort of uh, sort of essay uh, book of essays, which is Excellent. really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like uh, we can't give this film any less than a ten out of ten. Out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've just got started. Just got started. Um, and uh, yeah. There is a Netflix. I don't know if you watched it on Netflix, Jamie. There's the the movies that made us. Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, I'm about to say I watched it. I think it was just before you announced RoboCop on this. <laughs> yeah. It's in the new series of it. They do RoboCop in it. Um, That's right. And it's, aliens yeah. and yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Aliens. I've got to watch that one next. But yeah. Well, yeah. There we go. Fantastic, fascinating backstory as always, Jamie. It's kind of implied by all of that how you feel about the film, but <laughs> nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Give us your sixty-second elevator pitch as to how you feel about the film, not knowing your score. Right. Um, this this is a film. This is a, a visceral Verhoeven classic of a film, um, which is part of his, his his sci-fi trilogy. So you got Robocop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers. He starts off with Robocop. This is his uh, first, I believe, his first uh, American studio film. It was, mm. yeah. Um, and uh, it's 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 one of the tightest scripts I can th- I can think of. Um, it's got lots of uh, wonderful uh, political commentary running throughout it. Um, and uh, once you see it, you never forget it. Oh, th- there you go. Don't need to say much more than that. 
Jamie, who do you want to hear from first? I would like to hear from Ben first and then Adam. Okay. I, 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 I went alphabetic. I went Adam first. Reverse alphabetic. So I watched this for the very first time when I was at uni as one of my modules uh, at, ah. in the sci fi module, yeah. but I can't remember what the themes were that were sort of being presented at the time. But I remember Jamie not really digging it at the time and not finding it very, very memorable at the mm-hmm. time, right? That was my first watch of it. And then I actually watched it again, I would say, for the first time since then, either early, early last year or late the the preceding year. Mm -hmm. And I liked it, but I didn't really connect to any of the sort of uh, themes in it. Like you just said, lots of political messaging in there, lots of commentary on america's obsession with technology and but at the same time like their dismissal of violence casual violence casually being treated alongside like games for kids and fun for all the family and some of those ad breaks that kind of satire that is threaded throughout didn't really do very much for me at that time so for that that reason and 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 the visceral violence side of it i I didn't really think so i didn't it was forgettable but but on this watch the other day and this is something that's occurred to me many times with films that i've watched several times recently i feel like i've hit a point in my life where i watch a film for the third or fourth or fifth time and it finally clicks and i finally get it and i don't know quite what it is but all of a sudden now lots of things came clear that weren't clear before first of all the violence that you speak of is brilliantly done and it has to be done in the way that it is because it needs to be so in your face alongside all this black humor that's running throughout it it has to be that extreme and it's not so extreme that it's like oh my god that was just terrible there is a thread of comedy in all of those violent moments whether it is whether it is murphy getting blown to bits or whether it's your man covered in toxic waste coming out at the end there's humor and graphic stuff going side by side and that's what worked for me the most in this film this time round was the balance of that throughout now there's a couple of other things that we'll talk about later i don't want to go on right now that i really really did appreciate about it which i never caught on previous viewings the sexual politics being one thing um but also this idea of work and what work can do to us as human beings and what our identity really is if we give too much to work or, or too much to family and not enough to the other you know that sort of thing there's, I still have problems with it. I still have some some qualms with it, but it's the best viewing I've ever had of the film. I understood it better than ever. Adam, over to you. Okay. Um, so this is only the second time I've ever watched this film. I probably watched it for the first time maybe three or four years ago. Um, I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember much of the film. Okay, I feel like a bit like Ben. I think it didn't really. There's bits of it that stand out that you remember. Like I remember the whole robot. The other robot, the two-legged pod thing. What's it called? Jamie knows. Ed Ed 209. There you go. I knew he would know. (laughs) I remember all of that. I remember him getting killed. And I remember the whole, obviously, what the suit looked like. But I don't really remember the film beyond that point. Um, And watching it again now, it was was almost kind of like watching it again in a fresh start. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did that time as well. I definitely got into it. I definitely found it a bit funny. I definitely got the points to come across a bit more but yeah there's i still don't i feel like there is that whole film of people who love it and i'm just not quite on that level of like what jamie would say 
probably going to go is 10 out of 10s. It, it, it's, just, it's a very good film for me. I appreciate everything it's done. It's, it's great fun to watch and I happily rewatch it. But there's a lot of the film that still doesn't work in ways. And again, there are still parts that I don't remember. It's not always the most memorable film again for some weird reason. I don't know what else to say. Um, there's, there's, there's whole sections of this film I, I've, I've memorised line by line. I can, I'm yeah. sure you <laughs> so have. Seared. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm so familiar with this film, I didn't even need to rewatch it for this podcast. I, did you not rewatch it? You're just, it's so fresh. Fantastic. I, I just, uh, so fresh. Yeah. So okay. we got, listen, we said we were going to go through this uh uh, chrono- chronologically roughly we'll talk we're talking the round we won't go through every beat by beat but we'll talk in the round about what happened but just to respond to a couple of things that you guys said uh, up up front there um for what it's worth when it comes to the verhoven trilogy this sits squarely in the middle total recall is an all-timer for me so it's got it sits top 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 that's like top tier mm-hmm. starship troopers the things that are wrong or the, not the things that are wrong the things that don't work for me in this film are, is exactly why I don't like Starship Troopers because it really doesn't work for me in that film. The humour is all off and the political satire is... Your, it's not... Just because you're lampooning something does not mean you're do, you're doing it well and doesn't mean you're making cutting comments, which they are not doing in Starship Troopers. They do it, they do it well here, though mm. could have been handled slightly better. That was the one thing I wanted to say. The other thing I wanted to say is I think absolutely what you said, Jamie, about when you... When, the buzz for this film was going on when you were in class and people were talking about it pre-internet, I can completely see why something like Robocop would be this like unattainable cult mystical beast film that's out there. Like man, man and machine. Yes, there was Terminator, but this is, was aimed at a younger, the younger audience, even though it's an 18 rated, it's essentially aimed at a, at a yeah. adolescent audience. Right. It was, it was, so yeah. this, th- this would be like the white whale. If you could get it, you can get it. But now for us in, in, for those of us who saw it a little bit later in life or for some, some, someone like, someone like Adam, who, who's like, yeah, seeing it in, in the age of the internet, it's very attainable. The minute you hear about Robocop, the information's there immediately. And, You've seen all the films that Robocop paved the way to come along. And this is this is always an issue when you go to a film further back. You have to be able to separate what you know that it inspired and how good the films are now with the fact that back then there was no template and it was setting the template for that, that yeah. sort of work. I feel like it's definitely one of the better films in that template of film. Like mm. It is one of those ones you definitely can go back to and feel like the original is probably just as good as you're going to get within that genre of film. For me, it's just a, it's just a good film. It's not. It's a very good film. Sorry, it's mm. not a. I don't know. But then, but you're bringing in so much attachment and so much heart with it that I feel like yeah, you well, can't I'll, argue I'll, against that. I'll see what I can do. I've got a bit of time to uh, influence <laughs> that, you guys. Hopefully. Ja- Jamie is going to talk us up from where we may now currently. He be said at. before we recorded the podcast. He said. <laughs> We'll try and get me and Ben up by a point or two, if we can, from the original point. Let's see. We'll have to be honest at the end, Adam, when we give oh, our yeah. score. I, and I, say please, I, I want you to be honest about it. Have I, have I influenced you at all, at all? Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Okay, shall we go? All right, Jamie, yeah. take it away. Let's uh, let's talk through Robocop. All right, okay. I, I know um, we'd like to... Uh, well, I would personally like to speak about uh, the first scene that 
that that traumatised me to an extent when I first watched it, and that's the Ed Two and Nine scene. But just quickly before I do that, I, just, I want to get your uh, opinions on what you think about the world building in this film is like, because I really liked the opening couple of minutes and how you have, you know, that I think the line is, um, you know, you give us three minutes, we give you the world, um, and then you have. Uh, what is very sort of prescient look into the future of uh, news journalism. This is pre-Fox uh, yeah. network. Um, and just what, what do you think about how they are able to, um, you know, and then you've got, you've got this, the, the start of the, of, of this, you know, this, you know, satirical advertising. Um, See, I think what you just said there, the, hit the nail on the head, it, this was pre-Fox and I'm, I'm need to get out of the headspace of contemporary viewing where I'm like, yeah, we know, we know that the world is like this. So when Verhoeven did that, I get yeah, what he's, he's doing. I've really thought of that before. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just still being around at the time. Yes, yeah. I feel like the only film I've ever done that with was Anchorman Two. Yeah, I mean that is it was because <laughs> it explains it to you in the beginning of the film. It's one of those things you just assume that's always kind of been around in but, this day and age. But, but yeah, what I really liked about it is that um, you know you would have reference to references to you know nuclear uh, uh war um because this was in the height of the the cold war sort of crisis at the time this is this is yeah. reaganomics uh, era um and uh you have and talking about this what's happening in, in the real world really sort of horrendous things and then mm. you cut away from it almost straight away um, to have something that's clearly an you know OCP corporation sort of uh, a focus, yeah. indicating that yeah. because it's it's there, you know, they're in control of the news, just much like Fox was. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, um, it's a, the, it's a, it rem it's that succession uh, exactly yes mentality at play it's, there. It's, yeah, yeah, we own we own it all. We own yeah. the news. We yeah. can tell people what they want to buy and what they want need exactly. to be focusing on. Yeah. I also like the fact I like. It got a little too on the nose for me that the amount that it was used throughout the film, but I liked like the flippant ten, not flippant, but ten fifteen seconds on the atrocities happening in, in South South Africa or whatever, and then it cuts to the family the playing news. the nuclear board game yeah. around the, the table. You can get yeah. them before they get you. Yeah, I mean it's funny. It's funny, but it's, it's also like this is a little on the nose. But it, but I could see what I could see what it was doing. I I did like that. In a way, I completely forgot about all of those parts when I rewatched this film. Like I didn't remember any of the the comedy happening oh, yeah. with it. Just to just give, dark you a, humor. give you a little bit of a context for that. Um, apparently, Paul Verhoeven, the Dutch director, um, he was he was responsible for most of that, um, and be, and it was because he um, uh, when he first arrived uh, in America. Um, he was completely uh, sort of bowled over with how much uh, excess uh, media coverage there was. Something that he wasn't used to at all, um, mm. and and how those they were always cutting away for for adverts every sort of ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. And and so th th it's it's basically a bit of a, a commentary that he has of a, of a, of a European. Moving yeah. to America and being just That's a good point, just being bowled over by the. I mean, American outbreaks are ri ridiculous. They are. Was yeah. it five minutes? They have three oh, in a oh, 
they have three in a half hour advert show don't they and we have they, one they will they will put an advert at the end of an episode of something and before the credits so when it comes back from the adverts the credits yeah. play yeah. and also they have the banners that come up at the bottom I always remember when you're watching shows on like wherever it was those the weird streams that have got the adverts on the bottom of them it's just ridiculous it's like constantly constantly selling and needing to promote something else but it was you know what that is the birth of streaming culture where you don't get a chance to sit with what you're watching it's get on to the next thing have this now get ready yeah. for this which again is why uh Verhoeven probably was a bit insightful ahead of his time may i just say i've just acknowledged jamie that this is the second dutch director you've brought to us then ah yes you're, do, you're doing that's the just, dutch that's just true that's oh true. the vanishing of dutch yeah vanishing as yeah. well yeah the Cohen brothers weren't dutch were they no no no, no. they probably got a dutchman somewhere in one of their films uh but to go to your point now about the world world building outside of that in those early stages it's clearly well i was watching this with jenny and we said this is clearly set in set in the future, but they don't actually say, not to my knowledge, that it's exactly. in the future. I never knew this until I watched that, that show about the making of it. They shot it in was it Dallas, wasn't it? Dallas, that's right. Yeah, right. But Which looks it, it looks very buildings. it looks very dystopian as it is, but it kind of works even if it's if it's not the future and it is just an alternative dystopian dimension. It works very well like that. We yeah. don't need to think that it's too far away. And I like that they don't explain when it's set. I agree. I mean, uh, uh, the Running Man gives a gives a date, doesn't it? And then that sort of yeah. automatically, a same as sort of Back to the Future, you are encouraging uh, comparisons. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pleased that that that, that it hasn't done that. Um, and also the other thing in terms of world building, if you want to call it that. Uh, sorry, and this may be. I think it's before the the, the scene you're talking about, but before the. Um, the robot, what's it called? The ED-209? ED-209. The ED-209. I think it's for the ED-209 when uh, Peter Weller first gets transferred to the station. Yes, it is. Right. And then he's walking through the station. This is the point I sort of alluded to. The gender politics. I like it early on because he walks into the, the equivalent of the changing room and everyone's talking about going, the, the cops just been shot and they're talking about the conditions they're working in and going on strike. And while you've got uh, all these traditional men in that setting, you know, the, these tough guys, men, you've all also got women cops taking their clothes off, getting dressed in front of men, but not yep. in not in a salacious way, not in, in a leery way. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they're part of the team and the camera doesn't linger on them in a lingering way. You know, it goes past because it's like men and women working together. They're all cops, whatever we may think about cops in the modern world. For the purposes of this film, these are a unit. These are people that are working together. They're all grounded. And that gender equality thing plays throughout the whole film. One of the biggest things I appreciated about it was the fact that 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 Murphy and 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 Lewis do not form a a romantic relationship. Absolutely, and and it was sort of set from the off in that in that headquarters. Yeah, Verhoeven likes his co-ed uh, uh, changing room scenes. He does that again in Starship Troopers. Yeah, I can't remember the detail of it. He does, and and apparently that the actors and Starship Troopers are so anxious about it. He agreed that he would film the scene along with his uh, cinematographer and key staff naked as well. <laughs> what, what in Starship Troopers? Know, or yes. Robocop? yes. Oh, so you got Verhoeven, got Verhoeven a sort of how old? He must have been in his sixties then, <laughs> letting it all hang out. <laughs> I mean, that's, that yeah. must have been a pretty. I don't know if that's going to make anyone feel better. No, but, uh, 
And and and, the, and I read that the cinematographer was fine with it because he'd been brought up at a, in a, in a nudist camp as a as a oh as well a absolutely man, yeah so. <laughs> he probably turned up to work reporting for duty like that right yeah but all 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 of that was good all of that was good shall we move on to Ed two and let's talk about it right okay um so I, I think this scene is just if this is where the the, the satire really kicks in. This is this is a this is Verhoeven's commentary, I think, on excessive American use of military force and power, and where you've got this eight two nine robot that is just you know it's it, it's calamitous. It's 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 scene uh, ends with eight two nine massacring this 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 uh, this. Uh, uh, guy, um, and it can it it, it 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 continues to fire until it runs out of ammo. Then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. brilliant sort of commentary there on on you know collateral damage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that that America. Uh, yeah. W- w- it wasn't meant to kill him straight away, was it? It was meant to put, when he put the gun down. It was meant to stop, wasn't it? Twenty seconds. He gave, yeah, him, yeah, and but, if you put yeah, the gun down, yeah, it was and, meant to but, be it. Apparently, it, it didn't. It didn't hear uh, the sound of it because because it was maybe because it was a carpet and it was you know, dropped onto a carpet <laughs> and it, sort of, it deadened the noise of it going down. Or something like Brilliant! That. I love that. I wish had, did that get say? Did, did someone say that in a film? Someone should have said that. Oh, he, it, it didn't work because it dropped. Oh, he yeah, dropped the gun on the it, carpet. It, that's it. Ed two nine uh, was done in by a carpet. There you go. <laughs> But um, I mean, this scene, you know, it was this is one that really sort of. Um, I mean, the the Murphy scene later on, in particular, but this scene really sort of shocked me, just because yeah. I was I just wasn't expecting it. I'm obviously talking about my first watch of it. Um, it is very visceral. The blood. This really is where is, yeah. it's kind I, of like a like okay, we're in now. This is. This is what the film yeah. is. This is the tone of the film. You've got the adverts now. You've got the violence. You're in. For, this is what we're in for here, and the violence, as we've always said on this podcast, so much better when it's practical. Yeah. And that whoever was employed on the Squib team on this film, like they earn earn their paycheck because the Squib work throughout is fantastic, and we see it here for the first time. It is absolutely brutal when that guy gets gunned it, down. It's 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 my guy from the thing, Rob Bottin. Yeah. He was the special effects man. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, he's yeah. fantastic. What else has he done? Do you know? Uh, he's he's he did Total Recall as well. Oh, and to- uh, we'll see. There you go. Uh, Total Recall is one of the best practical effect yeah. films. He's fantastic. This guy. What is his name? Let's let's repeat uh, it Rob, again. He deserves Rob, being Rob Botin. Rob Botin. Yeah. I never heard your name before, and now he I was, take note because you do some fantastic work. I thought work. John Carpenter did a lot of the stuff on the thing, didn't he? No, no. Well, as director, but, but the, 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 not necessarily the, 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 as you know, Practical special effects. He is. He was twenty-two years old when he did his, his work on the thing. Really, he looks yeah. absolutely insane. Well, funnily enough, he looks like Tom Savini if you take those fangs out. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. he's. He looks like Savini. <laughs> he does. Um, the thing I like about the end of this scene as well is two things. That what makes it doubly brutal is the old the old man who. Uh, I mean, we could talk about this at the end, but the old man who's essentially kind of, he gets a free pass by the end of this film, at least, because, you know, he doesn't, there's no comeuppance for the old man. 
in that scene at the end he walks away after the exec shot and he's complaining about the fact that oh this is going to set them back and cost them lots of money not the fact that this poor exec's been shot to pieces but then i like the fact that they're lined up him and i can't remember i can't remember the guy is it jones the middle management guy and then miguel ferreira yeah Bob is, martin martin you've got them all lined up and i was like right so by journey's end this guy in the middle is going to have killed this guy but this guy at the bottom is going to have created some tech which kills this guy. And that guy at the end is going to have fired this guy in the middle in order for that guy at the bottom's tech to kill this guy in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just loved seeing them all Brilliant. lined up like that. <laughs> but I, 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 the way that there's, there's a couple of points I want to say about this scene. Um, and one of them is that uh, this is one of the, uh, the, f- the first scenes that was uh, quite significantly censored. Um, so I don't know what version you saw, but in the director's cut of this of this sequence, um, he's he gets blown back onto the Delta City model, and then he gets and and, and there's another sort of you know uh, ten fifteen seconds of him. <laughs> so he's absolutely massive. Reacting to a bunch more bullets. Yeah, yeah he's absolutely brutalized. And then by the end of that, <laughs> yeah, it always gets me laughing. Um, at the end of that, you hear someone say, "Will someone get a goddamn paramedic?" Paramedic, yes. <laughs> What's he going to do? And uh, by actually censoring that final section, this and Paul, Paul Verhoeven said this himself. By actually taking that out, it makes it a more brutal scene because it goes on and on and on to the point of it being ridiculous. Oh yeah. And then you have yeah. the delivery of that line. Yes. Will someone get a goddamn paramedic? And it's it, it, it's a, it's a it's a funny. Line it is a very funny line. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I, I like uh, you have uh, the old man saying, Dick, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then um, uh, Jones says, oh, oh, it's just a glitch, a temporary setback. Um, you call this a glitch? <laughs> yes. uh, and I think, I think at that point, oh, good, the old man's got a heart. He's going to really sort of... And then he talks about the damages and how much, yeah. gonna, how much it's going to cost them. Get, no, no, yeah. they're all corporate scumbags. They're just, they're yeah. just after it for themselves. And then, to make it worse, and this is something I didn't pick up the first time, or the first few times, Bob Martin, he, the, the, he sort of sees this as, a, as, his, as his opportunity, and he goes in and says, yeah. maybe not, sir. Have, have you heard of the Robocop? And then he yeah. says that... Um, so basically, he says... Um, something along the lines of I've put the police officers have been put uh, placed in in areas according to risk factor yeah so not so they are deliberately placing officers like Murphy he's been transferred from Met from Metro South which is a which is a nice precinct he's under no threat there he has been deliberately transferred to a more violent area so that he is going to be killed I never clocked for, that. I did not clock that. Uh, yeah. I always thought it was a coincidence. No, mm. he's, he's, he's been deliberately transferred there so that he's going to be killed at some point. Because then Bob Martin says, I'm confident I can get a prototype within 90 days. Yeah, yeah. And that is, you know, Murphy is. And then he says later on, you know, when is it going to happen when, when the next poor schmuck uh, Yeah, which is, yeah which there's, is been, there's also like the kind of jumping forward a bit now, but the bit where he says... Well, they leave his left arm, don't they? Mm. And he was like, get rid of it, get rid of it. We did 100%. Yeah. And he goes, but he goes, he's dead, he's dead. We can do what we want with him. Yeah, well, he's his property. He's his, his, his OCP property. 
This is like being with Ben. You reciting all the lines from films. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, at the very end, uh, when they're going down the left, the one guy says to Bob, the other guy says to Bob Martin, "Too bad about Kenny." Uh, oh, that's life in the big city. You know, it's life in the big city. That's so brutal. It's like, yeah, any day I could just get blown away by this new tech robot that's been developed. Miguel Ferreira, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Miguel Ferreira, a big round of applause Uh, for that man. uh, I should also say that uh, uh, the actor who played uh, plays Kenny, Kevin Page, follows me on Twitter. Oh. Who's that? The black guy? No, no, the, 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 the Kenny, the guy that gets massacred. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Page. Uh, he, he he follows Fantastic. me on Twitter. Fantastic. Yeah, because yeah. I, I I did uh, I did a whole lot of t- Twitter promoting of um, should have mentioned this before um, uh, Robodoc, which is a which is an extensive uh, fan made uh, documentary that's uh, that's coming out uh, shortly. Yeah, um, but it's, it's <laughs> they've been they've been they've been planning it for him and, and, and producing it for years um and i sort of promoted that and he was obviously he's, he's obviously part of this documentary and then he and he followed oh, amazing. to that yeah well K- kenny if you're listening you went too soon in this film i'm very sorry we were robbed of more performances from you but it but it gave us an unforgettable moment in the film absolutely and then mo- moving on to possibly an even more unforgettable moment yeah in, well uh, i will say hands down this for me as someone and and like i said is only so this watch has cemented the film in my mind i can see it very clearly not just because i saw it a few days ago but more of it i know will stay with me than it did in previous viewings this scene always stayed with me the second viewing it was more brutal than the first and this viewing was more brutal than the second his death scene yeah. i mean yeah it do- it doesn't lessen with time it always gets worse absolutely it's a bit the bit when she's looking through the gate she's looking through the racking just through him at him yes that's an interesting point is that i was, I was going to mention that at the time but as soon as you've picked you've uh, referenced it sorry i'll jump this, ahead but so no, that's fine this this sequence establishes one of the key themes of the film which is trauma and uh, trauma, just like Halloween kills, and and and, and, and yeah, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's and it's absolutely it is um, trauma and its effect on 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 your individual identity, and it's very important that you see Lewis observing Murphy's mm. Murphy's killing, and she's completely uh, you know she 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 can just watch uh, powerless to to what happens, um, so it's it's her trauma. You can't forget that it's not just. Murphy's trauma that yeah. uh, that is considered is also uh, Lewis as well, who who who's uh, as a powerless uh, looker on, and she loses her her new partner on day one. It's his first day. It is his first. It's his first, it's his first day. day. Yeah. yeah, first no. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, just been teamed up. Just been teamed up, and I'm and you know the whole and I I said it before, but I, I again appreciate that the partnership is one of partnership it's it's nothing beyond that it's people on the yeah. level working together yeah no need to to jimmy in the romantic angle here yeah so you have that uh, little reference to uh um you know alex murphy is is is, is spinning his gun um in mm. sort of uh, uh in reference to this is cop show tj laser something that is, is, is role modeling for for his son so that that's that's a nice little sort of character detail, but then that becomes a very important sort of plot point later on as well. So the, the writing 
is sort of pulling double duty all the time. Yeah, it's 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 such when a. When he starts to get more and more hinged, doesn't he? It's a really tight script. There's there's nothing that's wasted on this, yeah. um, and and that's that's part of the world building. I think is really well well handled throughout. Yeah, I was. I, it is for sure. And um, this this um, you know this, Jamie. The, I'm, the, I'm this, sure this scene. This scene. I I I I can re I can I can memorize line for line. I'm not going to do it now. You're gonna make me do it live. Well, this is, such, well, this, this scene, it. this scene is where we get the uh, the the first use of the Robocop iconic line, "Dead or alive, you're coming with me." Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I find it absolutely brutal because not only because of the special effects, but because it is so prolonged. It isn't the executive getting shot to pieces in the boardroom, which is just boom, 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 yeah. boom. It is. One shot here, your hand's gone off. Second shot, we blow your arm off. Yeah. Third shot, we put some more... Well, that by this point, that he's been shot in the leg and a few things to put him on the floor. And then there's this panning shot where you know it. And the thing, for me, it works because you know the prosthesis is on Peter Weller. It's the scene where he gets the final shot through the head. Mm-hmm. And the way the camera pans, very light total recall, when Arnold Schwarzenegger is pulling the uh, round ball out of his nose, yeah. you know it's prosthesis before he starts pulling it out, which makes it all the worse for me, because you think, if prosthesis is being used now, and I can see it, but you're, I'm meant to believe that this is human at this moment, something bad is coming, yeah. because, it, because of how the practical effect was, was used. And when that shot, when that bullet goes through his head, it's more more effective because I could see the effort and the work that has gone into laying the groundwork for that brutality. And the camera pans around him as it's happening. It's not a static camera. Yeah. The camera pulls right. back around him. And right. I heard that there was a motor. It was a puppet or something. That's right, yeah. But with uh, they put a motor or something in the body so it was trembling yeah. to give the indication that it was nervous. Yeah. That attention to detail, yeah. that is horrific. Mm-hmm. Horrific. <laughs> We're going to make this body tremble in fear before the final shot. Judging by your, your description, that is the director's cut as well. That's the, that's the extended Oh, good. Version. I'm glad. But I, I'll tell you this, Jamie. Like I said to you, it stuck out much more this time. I've got a feeling in the past I did not see this it as graphic as this time. It felt How more... long is the director's cut, Jamie? I mean, it's, it's, it's only about a minute longer. Oh, maybe because I watched it. I watched this on Amazon because that's it's, where. It's, yeah, yeah. So that's what I watched it on. So you you would have seen the same cut as me then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's the the main uh, scenes are eight to a nine is extended, and you get more in the in the Murphy scene as well. For, so. Uh, originally it's a hand and then you yeah. get his whole arm getting blo- uh, whole sort of arm gets blown off yeah. back and he sort of he looks back to see it and then yeah so that's 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 there's, an extended one there's something in this which could play in at, like on paper that sounds like it is very very silly and could be played for comedy you know like paul likes the uh brain animator and, and and the reanimated body horror stuff. We talk about how Paul likes the very visceral mm. body horror that has lots of blood and very grotesque and stuff like that. So on paper, it feels like that should fit into that genre. But because of the like framing of this film, this the, even though yeah, we're talking about this thread of black humor that runs throughout it. This scene has no comedy for me. It should have, no, but no, the, it does, but I mean, it has I, I, no I, I, comedy. I suppose there's a bit of sick comedy when he. Blows his hand off and says, "Give a give the guy a hand." I give mean, the guy a hand. Yes. A bit of sick comedy. 
Um, yeah. But you know, it, it yeah, it's the most brutal. It's sadistic. That's what it is. It's really drawn out. It's, it is sadistic. It's, yeah. it's, it's, the, the gang are almost like sort of school ba- school uh, ground bullies, and how they sort of yeah. you see them yeah. prodding him. You know, and, uh, and while there's no do, mercy in any of and it. And that that just. That is horrible. Yeah, because I got nightmares over that. In a modern day version of that film, after he does, no, 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 he wouldn't, he wouldn't pull the trigger. No, or 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 you'd see him pulling the trigger, but you wouldn't necessarily see that. You see the impact? No, you wouldn't. But I'll tell you this. So while we're on this topic, then one of my problems with a film, Jamie, is the wider gang. As much as I love Ray Wise, and I'm not mm-hmm. speaking about him specifically, I'm talking about that wider gang. I don't. They feel a little bit TV movie of the week criminal gang for me because they're all sort of they're like cackling like hyenas. They're watching the I buy that for a dollar guy on, on telly and cackling away at him. They feel a little bit cardboard cutout for me. The difference is that they're then part of this really brutal act on Murphy. But they never, they, I've got to admit, they never quite recover. The leader of the gang, different story. He gets progressively scary. But the rest of the gang always feel a little bit like a bunch of losers. They just happened to be in the room when this terrible thing happened. Yeah, I can, I can see that. They're, 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 I don't think there's a real opportunity in the film to give any sort of development for these characters. They are essentially psychopaths i mean that's mm. all the, that's all they recently you got a meal who's the that becomes a melting man he's important in that he instigates the you know murphy's uh robocop at that point is his his understanding of his of his true identity um so there's a bit more with emile's character perhaps um yeah. but it's all about clance bodica he is a terrifying yeah. terrifying villain but he gets scarier as the film goes on because when I was first introduced to him again in this most mm. recent viewing, I thought, well, you you not... What's the first time we see him in this film? It's not when he kills Murphy. What, I know the, 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 first, the first time is when they're, they're in the van and they've, they've blown up the... Uh, that's right. Safe for, the, ...for the money. And then um, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's kicking Emile, the driver. Um, yeah. And, fact, that, and he throws... That was improvised. The... That was improvised. He just sat kicking oh, was it? it was improvised. <laughs> and you can imagine Emile, the driver, was really not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that coupled with throwing the the member of the gang out of the back of the van onto the windshield... I can think... you fly, Bobby? Yeah. But see, that can you fly, Bobby? That, if it, very early on, sets you up with... Okay, well, here's the villain with the catchphrases. Early on, he's going to be throwing, throwing these catchphrases. There's not much to fear with this guy. So I didn't. I lumped him in with the rest of that gang. It was only as the film started proceeding, after he kills Murphy, yes, the Murphy killing is brutal, but the act of it is less so. I didn't really fear that guy. But then every time we saw him afterwards, he got creepier and creepier. Progressively, he worked as a villain. So that's. I'm not saying that as a negative about the film. I'm saying that up front, I underestimated him as a villain. I didn't think much of him. Oh, as he, it went he, on, it got worse and worse. Terif- terrified me. In that I quite scene. liked them as a gang. I thought it quite worked within the tone of the film. It's just these are your average dame, one of the guys. They don't really sound like they know what they're doing. That's because all they all they all they're doing is missing an Adam of the gang, mate. You would have fit in perfectly with them. I'll tell they're you. Just, they're just going out on a whim, just causing general chaos, about to meet the world's most pristine cop. 
Like, yes, yes, this I, know, is it. I guess. This is what you're effectively built your machine to build. You're beating them to beat some morons on the street. You're not beating them to beat Hans Gruber. Like, it's true, but I guess they feel like... I don't want to make this comparison, right? But you know... The, uh, you've seen The Crow. Yeah. So, slightly similar, the goth version, let's say. In it, there is a gang member who comes across as very grating and generic up front and there is a moment where brendan lee uh, where where, where, the crow has tied him down in his car and is about to send his car flying off into i believe into like a river and blow up the car and the the villain he looks at brendan lee and he has this moment where he's saying you're dead there ain't no coming back you're dead there ain't no coming back and you can really feel this humanity in him and it makes the moment of revenge by brendan lee all the worse because you want him to have the revenge, but it feels wrong that he's getting it because this guy can't comprehend the reality of the situation. But I never felt it with any of the supporting crew in this film. In this film, it was more like when they get their inevitable come up, and it's just going to be a cheer. But that's okay because it's that kind kind it, of film. It, it's cathartic. It is cathartic. It is cathartic. Yeah. But I I just wanted a little more from the the. I don't think you need to. I feel like guys. it works on the level that it works. Well, that that's okay. You just you keep it moving. Just keep this film moving, kind of thing. It's like the interest isn't with them; it's with everybody else in this film. Well, as we as we come on to a couple of other Jamie scenes, there's something. There's more that I'll add to this about the gang members, which might help with how I feel. Okay, so um, I just wanted to just quickly. Um, this is technically not not my next scene, but I think it's worth speaking about this. Mm. Um, when he's taken into the hospital, you get these extended use of point of view shots, and you 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 get yeah. the experience from, from you know from Murphy's pers- perspective near death, um, and you have and this is where the, the trauma. So the film, in many ways, this film is about post traumatic uh, sort of trauma as well. Um, so you have uh, this connection between you know what is how he sees he's, he sees the images of them shooting at him and it's sort of mixed in with them trying to to uh, uh, save his life and it triggers the first flashback uh, family memories and that's a, um so that the trauma is directly influencing his 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 memory memory resources mm. and it's this that is then you know, becomes a really important part of the film you know, as as it moves on. But when uh, Murphy dies, so it's, you know, dies inverted commas, and Robocop is is, is born, um, and Verhoeven is, is uh, has commented that this is the this is the his resurrection scene. He he sees a lots of uh, religious metaphors in this film. This is the you know. Uh, uh, Murphy's resurrection in, uh, as, as as a Christ-like character, um, and uh, again you see it as a point of view from from Murf- from Robocop as a, a as an individual. The first you know s- mm. sequence of shots is is from his perspective, and so you are, you know, uh, taking so Murphy's point of view and perspective. Um, you're encouraged to. Empathise w- with him, and uh, and so it, it's becoming much more interesting as a film. Yeah. Uh, Verhoeven makes very interesting choices in how he, how he films this, and um, and how Robocop is introduced. It's all it's all very very effectively done. Yes, no, it is. 
the one issue that I have with the the memory, the family memory, is we're given a fake out, which feels a little bit cheesy here. We cut to his happy memories. Mm-hmm. Walks into the bedroom and his wife approaches and says, in a very serious tone, I've oh, got yeah. something to tell you. And then mm-hmm. it cuts. Yeah. And we later know that that will pay off in a in a very just family i love you joking away i love you way yeah and it's why were we given why why were we shown that scene because there's no fake out on on uh, murphy like he 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 there is no journey for him grappling with the what was she going to tell me and for us as an audience we're not given anything more to go on to even think that's part of a i think i think it's it's fragmented recall He's just got right. little sort of elements of, of memory. Um, and as he goes on, that's when those memories are more, it's got more sort of layers. The of bad turns it. into good, kind of. Yeah, a, 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 mm. a, that, that first sort of, it's, it's just get flat, it's flashes of it. It's when he goes back to his house, that's when, and when he picks up the photograph, that's when you get additional memory recall. Yeah, yeah. Total I, recall. It's total, total recall. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very good, Adam. Very clever. Very clever. And obviously, when he goes back to the house, we've got more <laughs> tech ingratiated with home life, essentially showing people around the house. A computer showing people around. I thought. I thought. I thought that was brilliant. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I. I. And again, I like that was used to even personally better effect in total recall where you have the Johnny driving the the, yes. the Android yes. driving the cabs around and Johnny cab. Yeah. Johnny Cap, yeah, and how they turn back. Yeah, uh, yeah, very good. And uh, so the next uh, scene, pretty much directly after this, is is a sort of, uh, say, the, the birth of Robocop. And I really liked the way that you have uh, Robocop um, introduced in stages. Um, the sound design also is just absolutely fantastic throughout this. So you, you hear, hear... His his steps, the thumps of his mm. of, of his walking. Um, and you see him on the TV screen. You see don't you? Good, oh, I exactly. love that shot on the screen, on the, t- on the yeah. TV screen, and yeah. you see him walking through the glass. But you can't really see him on the frosted glass. Yeah, yeah. it's it's perfectly. And you hear everyone's reaction. It's v- like Jaws in a way. Yes. The hinting. Yes, absolutely. and seeing people's reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And then I, the-, the other funny scene that always stuck in my not funny scene the visual that always stuck in my mind was when from Robocop's perspective when he rises for the first time and everyone's having a party around him no no it's after the party yes. and Miguel Ferreira's there Morton's yes, there and he's going come on, on it's yeah. for you it's all for yeah. you that I remember that sh- that shot yeah, because yeah. I think Adam like you say it leads to the glimpse in the TV screen off to the left your first little shot of him question Jamie you'll know this then- the movements of him in the suit yes is that Weller? Is that him yeah. jerking that way? That is that is absolutely Weller. Um, no, I only found this out when you very watched that convincing. documentary it's, it's, on it. Is, is that right? Yeah. It is, yeah. But, yeah. There's very impressive work in the suit, I've got to say, because it feels like the suit was programmed to spin in those yeah. ways. It doesn't um, feel human at all. Yeah, originally, he he worked with this sort of mime artist, and he was... Wow, he was, really? Yeah, really? And, That's and, fascinating. And he was really sort of working on his movement, and he's going to be really fluid. Mm. Um but then, when he got into the first costume, it was it was a disaster. It was just it was it was he wasn't able to uh, to move the way that he wanted. He had no he I mean, the, the 
the special effects guys were working on the on the Robocop costume, um, you know, independently to to Peter Wells. He had no idea. I mean, I don't know why they didn't have him sort of testing it as they were going through, but you know, yeah. he, he he had no idea. And, and apparently, on on the first day that he was to, supposed to be in the costume, he just could not move at all. And really? he said, yeah, he said this this is a disaster. It just took him like fifteen hours to put it on. No. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. And then he said, well, this this is ridiculous. I, I'm going to have to completely change my 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 method. And then he so he spoke to Paul Verhoeven, and he basically sort of said, you know, you're going to have to give me some time to get used to this. And he said, right, you've got a week, something like that. You've got a short period of time get to to, to work out your, your the movements the that movement. you want. Um, mm. And that's what he came up with. So you, you see that he, he moves the shoulder, he, he moves the head and the, the head and his body separately. So that's right. Like, there is something upgrade, perfect. isn't it? Oh yeah, but that up so upgrade is good, but that but camera work helps with that in upgrade because yeah. i was in mind of upgrade when i was mm-hmm. watching this but in upgrade because when he moves the camera moves with him which makes yeah. it feel like yeah. you're almost part of the suit mm-hmm. this was all willa that it's is all impressive well, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant performance yeah they he were is. saying that they had so much time when the suit was being built as well didn't they that he was just in the car park practicing yeah <laughs> walking around just yeah i heard that he tried i did hear that he went not method, but he was like, just call me Robo. Yeah, he did. And Verhoeven yeah. was like, I can't call yeah, you Robo. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he he lost um, up to two, uh, so it's between two and three pounds of body weight every this. single day. Fucking uh, mental. To the point that where they, they had to build some like uh, air conditioning into the into the into the Jesus suit. into the suits. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he and uh, two years later, Michael Keaton would get into the bat suit, and I bet him and. Peter Weller were in a bar somewhere going, these fucking suits, man. They need to consult us along the way. We can't move for shit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and then um, what, I, what I think is another interesting point is you can view Robocop literally as a child that's been reborn because you have that sequence where you get this um, baby food. Yes, yeah. yeah so, 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 and you do have a question it's one thing I'm a little bit unsure about. You know, the I think Bob Morton says that the that Robocop has sort of a rudimentary digestive system, hence the need yeah. for the. But you wonder why? Why? Yeah. Does, why, why would you does need, he it? need it? It doesn't really make any sense to have. Is that. it that Keep your all... brain going? Yeah, uh, I mean, possibly. Like, he's possibly. A, he's a cyborg, which implies cybernetic organism. So there must be some organic matter that needs to thrive and live off of that I food, suppose right? It, it, that must be it. But I, was, I thought that was a, a bit. His forward. head's still human, though, isn't it? Well, is your understanding that the only part of him that is organic is it, not just his face? I assume there's some br- sl- there's brain behind yes, there. Yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's got obviously got some sort of uh, rudimentary, as you say, he must have some sort of... Because he was wearing a bulletproof some, vest, and that looked like it was doing an okay job at the beginning of the shooting. Yeah. But yeah, but, but um, it was he must be... Some sort know, of nervous system within as well, probably yeah, something. Must be. Combined with, with the side. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Um, and before, if it, just in case we don't mention it later, I think that the scene which comes later, right before the showdown... At the, at the mill mm-hmm. when um murphy and 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 lewis are he's help she's helping him uh, aim yeah. Tar- target he's practice. Sh- yeah, yeah. yes he she's he's shooting the baby food That's yes right. it's sort of like a rejection of fuck you for giving me that but yes. also in that scene it kind of works as a sort of 
there will be no baby like doubling down on the no romance thing it's also yeah. like no romance could ever exist between us anyway because the option for me to to become a father again now is eliminated yes that i am not a man in that mm. traditional sense anymore yes absolutely just quickly mention you know the scene when uh he exits the police station and grabs the the key um oh, yeah. walks out yeah <laughs> thank you thank you yeah um <laughs> That took fifty takes to catch it, yes. because he's not looking. Because he's because he can't look at for the keys exactly. But also, his his hands his hand is fucking massive. The gloves, the, the, the gloves are made of rubber, so oh, yeah. just, it just kept on slipping out of his hand. I bet takes. I bet that was fun for the crew having to reset that take. It took a whole day, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Someone must have just said, "Can we just leave? Yeah. Drop this scene." Do you Can't really we do it the other way around? Just like throw uh, the keys, I, I out of throw, throw the keys a, backwards. It's a very cool scene, but is it really it is. worth that? Jesus. <laughs> well, we're talking about it, so obviously yeah. it is. It's, anyway, so you then get the sort of it's about a ten minutes. No, it's probably less than that. Five minute sequence that I like to call the Judge Dread part of the film, <laughs> where Robocop uh, goes around. I think it's I think it's three different. Uh, uh, sort of incidents he gets involved with mm. and yeah. uh, you know causing mass destruction uh, along the way as well you know um, and uh, my, f- my favourite of these being uh, well they're all great but the one that I like the most personally is when he the two rapists are attacking the woman and mm. he shoots the rapist oh, yeah. in the dick through her dress while her legs are slightly spread mm-hmm. and she comes she comes she comes to him saying thank you and he, he, he very compassionately says, Madam, you are suffering shock. No, I will notify dis- no, a rape no, crisis dis- centre or dis- something like that. Dispassionately. Not, well, yeah, no, yeah, dis- I know. Dis- yeah, dispassionately. Dis- kiss him, like, Ma- for Ma- saving the day. Madam, you but, he's, Madam, but he still says the words, right? I will, I will uh, yeah. It's, he, it shows he could have just been like, I think a Terminator-type would have just done the job, bang, and on. But he, at least, he, uh, he has a little of that, you I know? Suppose. He has a little of that. To, but you're right. He it's, says it's, it without emotion. It's, it's still sort of... Mach- it's, it's still the, the machine part of, of Murphy who is responding right. to that. Yes. It's not, I mean... You're right. Yeah, the, 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 the more human Murphy comes later on. It's still a yeah. very sort of robotic sort of response yeah, you're to right. it. Uh, which, 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 which gives a bit of a laugh, I think, to that scene. Yeah. But there's a, there's a brilliant fan-made... Uh, film on robocop you can see it on youtube and i think it's scene 27 it's the best scene in the film although they do a good ed 209 one as well <laughs> they do that scene and and it's just as it is in the film <laughs> and then after that all these other rapists start coming in to that to yeah. that scene and they're with with, with their prosthetic dicks hanging out <laughs> and Robocop just shoots all of them in the dicks <laughs> it's just it's a, it's about a third it's about a 30 second scene of, of prosthetic Brilliant. dick carnage and it's just hilarious <laughs> you've got to see it it's so funny brilliant sounds worthy of velocipasta that <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. As I said, this is this is the Judge Dread sequence. You said you were going to say something about. about well, I, so my question at the time when when we were watching, it, I said that very Judge Dread costume, and I was like, which came first? So Dread came first in the eighties as, as this comic book series. Dread mm-hmm. was first, mm-hmm. and well, you, you say that you are pretty sure that Robocop was in was inspired by the, the design. It seems quite clear. The difference being that Dread's 
helmet is much higher it just covers the eyes but the yeah. rest of the face is there yeah but also he's not it's not that he is in any way uh an android a robot a cyborg whatever he is human that's yeah. just his yeah, yeah, outfit yeah. that helmet is 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 the coverage yeah. but did sly's dread come out after robocop oh yes definitely it came right, out okay yeah, so it came out robocop, early 90s yeah so robocop was really the first cinematic yes use of that visual yeah, yeah i think yeah. so mm-hmm so Robocop, funnily enough, Dread probably paved the way slightly for the design of Robocop, but then Robocop's design in cinematic form would have paved the way for Sly's, yeah. Sly's Dread. Yeah, I think so. Which is not the, the Dread film to watch, by the way, listeners, if you're considering it. It is the Carl Urban version that I repeat, the Carl Urban 100%, version. 100%, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Talking of what, you, have you watched the remake of Robocop? Yes. Y- yeah, and uh, I deliberately left it for a long time because... I, I love the original so much. I thought th- th- this can only sort of uh, tarnish its reputation, and I just watched it this uh, last year. Actually, I, I watched it, and actually, Ben, I'm going to credit you here. Um, I, I saw your letterbox review of it, and it wasn't you weren't slamming it. I thought, well, no, it was. It was. I'll, it was, I'll, I'll give it a go. It was, it was half decent. It was. It was pretty good well did, did you agree or, or? yeah I, th- I, th- I thought it was a decent effort i mean it was a decent effort it's not as good as this no it's, near, it was I mean, a decent it, effort. part of the problem was that i heard later on that the, the, the studio put a lot of pressure on the director to make it more family friendly it was going to be a bigger budget film and oh pa- for sure apparently the original director really wanted to go for a much you know, harder sort of uh, you know films you know similar to verhoeven <laughs> And it was just taken out of his control in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think we on the outside know that any director who is going to take like a beloved classic and try and do a remake of it and try and make it gritty and dirty and inaccessible by making it 18 rated is going to get beat down by the studio unless you have complete autonomy as a filmmaker to go, fuck you, I'm doing my, my version of it. That was inevitable, right? Possibly, but there's there's another... I think it, I don't know whether it's a remake or a sequel, but it's it's currently in production at the moment. It has what? the it has the original screenwriter Ed Newmeyer on it. Oh, really? It, yes, it it did have at one point uh, District Nine director Blomkamp. Blomkamp, yeah, he was wow. he was he wow. was going to do it, and then he he would have been good. He would have been good. He would have been good for it. And I think it needs. A sort of a non-American director. It needs a European, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you said you said you mentioned it right at the very beginning there when you were talking about that sort of uh, when he came over to America, America, his perception of of American media and how it's presenting yeah. things throughout the film. It it definitely doesn't feel like an American filmmaker has yeah, made has exactly. told that story. It feels very European. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and that and that that's what makes it uh, so much better. Um, oh yes, but, absolutely. But uh, apparently, Verhoeven, when he first read the scripts. He he threw it in the bin. He was he was not interested in it at all. Interesting. He, he's he's not uh, he's really interested in science fiction. They had to come to him a second time, didn't they? Or something. Well, like. apparently his his wife picked it out of the mm. bin and, and and read it and actually said and and encouraged uh, Verhoeven to read it again and say that she said that there's more to it than meets the eye and yeah and a more careful read through he was able to see you know the 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 satire in it and he, he yeah. understood it more and so yeah it's yeah, we have to credit mrs verhoven for robocop well, i also, mean I, you, sorry adam got another no, go on sorry i was just gonna ask about the sequels as well but 
I'm not a fan. The, the sequels didn't happen, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, okay. yeah, that's the right way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's not even in a sort of if you like the first one, you might at least be able to get something from the follow-ups. You see, the, the thing about RoboCop is it's a perfect film. Yeah, in a as set, it is, you you can't you, you can't go any further. It, it's told the no, story. Exactly. That's it. I, I haven't watched the sequels. I just I'll stay yeah. away. Stay away from them. Stay away. Even though Peter Weller is in that sequel, and 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 so is the the a person who plays yeah. plays Lewis, yeah. she's in all three of them actually. That's right. Like, yeah, yeah. I haven't actually seen the third one, and I'm not going to. It, uh, hot, it, it's a, it's a absolutely horrendous. Bunch, yeah, yeah. Absolutely forget. It. In the same way that I love Collier as way, but I have not watched any of those follow up films. I will not. No, no, me too. There's no more, Carl- there's more films from Carlito's way. There's two. There's, there's, there's yeah, two. Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's none, no, obviously no Pacino or anything like that. So it's like the rise to power and shit like that, you know. Anyway, anyway. why would they even think that was like anywhere near to? I kind of get Robocop to an extent them remaking. Well, Robocop feels like a franchise. Robocop feels like okay, we've got that idea. People have bought into it. Yeah, there's a there's a TV series as well. Yeah, there was a TV series. Yeah, and also like anything that you can sell action figures of. You've got a franchise yeah, exactly. for if you want it. If you exactly. want it, yeah. Okay, so um, I think the, the next scene. Um, I think th- this is the turning point in the film. Um, this is the sort of the, the screenwriters will often talk about uh, plot points between mm. acts. So between act one and two, you need a plot point which will you know just spin the the, the screenplay into the second act. And so I think this is the this is the transition from Act One to Act Two, and the turning point is the gas station scene um, when um, Murphy comes across uh, Emil um, at the gas station, mm. um, and that is when um, he says again that the line "Dead or alive, you're coming with me." Because he says it to Emil, the person he, he said it to him yeah. as Murphy in the first place, and that's when. When he, he and Emil's response, we we killed you, we killed you, you're yeah. dead, yeah. and you see Weller's face drop, and he stops, yeah. and the guy's he shooting sort of at freezes. him. He, st- he freezes. He's ineffective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has he, he he's recorded it, but I'm, 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 and that recording device, I presume, just just comes on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Any, it's just built instinctively, automatically, instinctively. Yeah. 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 It, oh, it's this is important suit. information. Yeah. I know it. I sense it. Exactly. And um, and then he he finds out. He goes to the to the uh, what sort of data collection place. He uses what I what I see as uh, as uh, as a USB. You know, when the spike yeah. comes out. So the, the oh, it's always convenient USB. that, isn't it? When they've got a little thing that can just access the computer. Well, that's that's the computer but, just happens but to I'll be. But I tell you what, to the film's uh, credit, they don't just use it here he uses it again uh, later indeed indeed he does in another computer screen and it's then as a like weapon a see, i think the key with this is this is the same hand that gets blown off ah oh, very good very good yeah, so okay there's a, there's a, there's a connect, that connection then as well he this is the hand that he uses not only Excellent. to download the information to get the gang but it's what is used to finish finish bodica uh, at the end it's yeah jump, jump yeah forward a little bit there um and then um yeah, so this is uh, it's a, it's a really, really important scene and it uh, develops the, the trauma, uh, linkage to memory when he goes to his house. Um, he's got a repetition of some of the, uh, the earlier memories that he had, yeah. but then they are developed and they are built on. It's a sense that he is, mm. 
he is working out his identity gradually. It's it's piece by piece, um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's, it's 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 you know, it's there's a real sort of emotional core to the film, which is unusual for sort of an eighties mm. sort of action film. Well, is this an eighty? Is this an action film? Because yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's got it's got horror. It's got obviously sci-fi. It's, it's got yeah. Western elements. I mean, I put it as a, I would put it down as a sci-fi action, but it obviously it's got more subgenres. There's, there's a lot of, of horror. I mean, mm. you can you can interpret uh, Murphy as uh, a Robocop as as Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it has it's it's a hybrid of very, popular yeah, genres at that it, time, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Which which is kind of a product of the decade almost. Product of the decade, and maybe as we talk about other films from from eighty seven, we'll we'll you know be able to shed a little more light at this at the end. But I think considering at the time this was coming up against very genre specific films, like if we think about some of the other films based on just what we know from from eighty seven, you've got you know like war films with with form full metal, metal jacket. jacket. Yeah. yeah, you've got things like Grease big romantic musical new musical numbers you've definitely got a big horror film from 87 which I can't remember what it was The the Lost Boys it's 87 yeah The Lost Boys Jaws of Revenge all of these very very specific big budget films that could draw in an audience and then you've got Robocop which a, a cop resurrected mainly as a robot it's not Typically you got Evil appealing. Dead Two, Evil Dead Two, in. but it's not typically appealing to any what you what you might call mature film. And by mature, I mean older than twenty one. Yeah, really, I, I agree. film audiences who want to see a more serious. Give me a serious horror, a serious war film, a serious this. Yeah. This is like oh right, and that's why I think maybe it, it, it maybe it, it sort of fell down because it was trying to straddle a lot of genres. In doing so, it wasn't appealing to the more mature audience, which is who the film was actually made for, because it had the fucking eighteen rating in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it, it walks all those genres seamlessly. It doesn't at any point feel like oh, it's trying to do too much here. It blends the genres very, very well. Um, I at this point, I didn't understand why after he gets what's the guy's name at the gas station. Uh, uh, Emil. So he, Emil, face plants, takes a ride across the pavement. Yes. He grabs grabs him. Who are you? Who are you? Picks him up. Mm-hmm. He can't answer. It looks like he's dead. So Robocop just drops him. Mm-hmm. Then goes to Ray Wise in the nightclub, yanks him off the nightclub floor, dragging him away. Tell me where, um, what's his name? Bodica. Tell yeah. me where Bodica is. Something yeah. like that. I assumed when the camera cut on both of those scenes, those guys were either dead or in jail. But then they're all there at the end as part of the gang. Why did he leave them? Um, Well, I think they could well have been arrested. Um, But they just bailed out or something. Yeah, I think that the whole point of this is that uh, um, OCP are in control of the police, essentially. Okay, so, yeah. so extended to Bodica's gang as well, perhaps. Yeah, it's, perhaps. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Bodica yeah. is released quickly, Emil is released quickly, and he sort of, you know, they, they, they sort of laugh and comment about it, saying that, you know, they don't, they, they've got nothing to fear from, from, from the police because OCP will just, will, will, will sort it out for them because they are essentially mm. running 
the area down so that then so they can profit from exactly, cleaning it up exactly yeah yeah so which is that, again another fascinating theme throughout it yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's my interpretation of it uh, and you mentioned the dance scene you know there's this one was this one character that goes right to the front of the screen and sort of goes like this <laughs> wait just yeah. hands that's Paul Verhoeven himself. That's his little. That's his. Hitch- oh, is it? Is that's that his, his little hitch- cameo? That's his Hitchcock cameo. Yeah. They can't resist, can they? These yeah, directors, yeah. they love to get involved. <laughs> Would you put yourself <laughs> in a film if you were a director? I would be cameoing all the time, all the time, <laughs> the, 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 the whole film, every scene. <laughs> I would. It's, it's, it's the only scene in the film that looks truly eighties, though, doesn't it? That is an eighties yeah. scene with the hair and everything. Well, the, the music when, when the, um, Ray Wise's. Uh, uh, gun is knocked out of his hand, flies in the air, and and someone else picks it up. It just carries on dancing, dancing with it. With it. <laughs> Brilliant. Innocent times with guns on the dance floor <laughs> yes. like that, and no one else is really batting an no, eyelid. No, 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 no one is. It just yeah, just carry on while he's getting dragged out by the hair. Yeah, it's great. I think I read that that uh, Peter Weller said that the scariest scene to film was this scene walking down the steps into the nightclub because of how big the suit was and he wasn't allowed to look down he had to look straight ahead and he was terrified but he never fell yeah I'm not surprised yeah no. uh, yeah where do we go from there okay um, well I think the, uh, the next scene I mean, there's maybe others as well the next scene that I've, um, I would like to speak about is the sort of so you, you do have the the cocaine cocaine scene, which is which is which is a really sort of enjoyable scene. Um, uh, again, I forgot to mention Scarface levels of cocaine in that scene. Yeah, absolutely. The, the music, mm. the music in this film is just it's brilliant. It's a very good score, really and the Robocop good. sting in particular is very satisfying each time it plays. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, particularly at the end. Yes, brilliant. Um, and then you have after that. Uh, that is when he captures Bodica for the first time, throwing him through all those screens. Very satisfying beat down of Bodica. <laughs> Very satisfying. Yeah. Especially to see Bodica essentially begging for mercy in a way here. Yeah, he's just selling out selling out Jones. Strangling. Yeah. And but that that's when Bodica basically gives up uh uh Dick Jones. Dick Jones, doesn't he? he says OCP runs the cops, you know? Yeah. Um, great, a great reveal for for Robocop. Yeah, there. but but then 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 Bordica just goes to the police station, and this this was improvised apparently. Spits you know spits onto the paper. Just give well, him my that, fucking phone that call. That was oh <laughs> brutal, horrible. <laughs> yeah, he spit that blood out with yeah. such venom. It's yeah. horrific, especially if after Robocop. Do, do it properly, isn't it? If um, that's improvised, bravo. That was improvised, but. Had, after that, Robocops just said when they said what are we charging him with and he said he's a cop killer and for him to then do that oh, yeah, I, you, you want him to fucking die after that you really do but then he's, he's released almost immediately after that so it's just yeah. to show that you know this is such a corrupt world oh yes um, and I, 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 I like I like how that is explored I mean all the characters they're, they're just they're just horrendous yeah. This is corporate capitalism at its worst. Yeah, that's it. The bad guys are, are multi-level in this. Absolutely. I remember when I, when I first the first few times I watched this, I liked Bob Morton. I thought, oh, Bob Morton, he's a he's a Robocop, uh, you know, creator. He's a he's one of the good guys. He yeah. is. He is not. No, he is, no, he's a nasty piece he's of work. He's a nasty piece of work. 
interesting you say that, Jamie, because I never remembered the scene with him with the two prostitutes snorting the cocaine. And I wondered if that was a director uh, addition. No, but it can't be because no, it's, 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 that's, that's it's crucial that he's killed. Yeah. But but they they also again, again, again <laughs> bitches leave. And then and, and they go out. Brilliant. And, bitches and leave, one, yeah. One of them turns around and goes, are you going to call me again? <laughs> <laughs> that bitches leave is great, yeah. Uh, they said that, um, or Ver- whether it was Verhoeven or the writer said that they wanted to make uh, Morton a bit more sympathetic rather than just an out-and-out villain. I don't mm. really find him sympathetic no, at any not point. At all. Maybe in the first five minutes of that initial boardroom scene, where you just think he's like an executive grunt, just applauding, just a yes man. But the yeah. minute he, that he, he gets the opportunity he to jump applaud. in there, he doesn't applaud him. I thought Morton is isn't he the one applaud the he, only one applauding in the he, boardroom? You know, he he applauds the old man when he's yeah, talking. sorry, that's what I mean, the old man. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. but uh, and you're you know very vociferously he could try to get everyone else to yeah. applaud. But as soon as Dick Jones gets up, no, he's, he's not going to applaud anything that he says. No, no, that's true. Yeah, is he? He's, he's a self-centered. You know, he yeah, is. He's a nasty piece yeah. of work. And even there, Bodica gets to take him out by pulling the pin in the grenade without with his teeth. Oh, yeah. As a, as a video plays on the screen, that is very eighties stuff. A few, playing that, messages on video. Yeah, but this, but you see, you say that's very eighties. But he was, he he used a, a disc. So this is that's, this is pre DVD. This is this, yeah. this is another sort of uh, yeah. prediction. The film. That's very true. Yeah. See, we forget these things. Yeah. yeah. Are the discs around at all at the time? DVD was not uh, DVD was uh, no laser so, disc so, even though no. disc that, even like, even laser disc even no. laser disc was not uh, 80, 86, 87. that was that was no that's about that ten was, years before DVD yeah was, that is crazy that like you predicting like what a memory stick would look like in the future almost like yeah, yeah. I mean it gets a yeah, lot yeah. it gets a lot of things spot on yeah it's very true I mean I think that's also why if you see catch these films way ahead of the curve before the things that they predict actually become reality it resonates even more when they do become reality because you're like fucking robocop knew that was going to yeah. happen yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. got the simpsons up in here well for me it's always terminate terminate it's skynet everything that happens with technological advancements i'm like it's skynet it's skynet because yeah, I saw, absolutely. I saw that film told me this was going to happen. I'm seeing it happening. <laughs> We're giving over. Are you going to die in the lava? Yeah, well, Judgment Day. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. So what was I going to say? Um, yeah. So this then leads up to um, Robocop going to uh, to Dick Jones to try to arrest him. He's very confidently striding there, and you got uh, Jones. He just knows knows it knows he's coming. He's got him tracked again. That's another sort of thing, like a GPS sort of tracker. That's right. Yeah, a yeah, little sat nav yeah. almost. Um, and then he's sort of very smarmy and confident because he knows something that. Uh, I mean, we we get it early on, don't we? We get to, when we know there's a directive for that's, that's classified. That's, yeah, so we know that yeah. something's something's amiss. But I'd um, forgotten about it. Up to well, this I'm, point, which too. is why it was yeah. more, more effective as well, yeah. and it kicks in. And then, so that's revealed that uh, he has the upper hand. And what He's, is directive for? Uh, note that no, uh, um, he, he cannot arrest any Senior. OCP uh, operative. Right. So, 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 so as soon as he uh, tried to arrest him, that's when it kicks in, and he's sort of. Uh, yeah. Always build a little back door. That's what they say about software developers, isn't yeah. it? Build a little back door in so you've got an escape so, route so if anything this, ever goes this wrong. This was something that Dick Jones did without Bob Morton knowing about. 
obviously. Very clever. So Very he, clever. He was able to still ultimately get the upper hand. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. and then you have this. Then it's the. I love the stop motion in this film. I mean, I love practical effects. Yeah. And you know, it was the same people who did Star Wars, didn't they? That's right. It's, it's Phil, Phil Tippett. Mm. Is, yeah. uh, he did. He did Star Wars. And also, what I quite liked is I don't know if there's new versions of it now, but when I watched it on Amazon, it still felt like the original practical effects. That like they have ruined Star Wars films in some ways by updating them all to digital. Yeah, exactly. And remastering is, scenes it, and making it just doesn't absolutely it, it, it loses its effect and it doesn't yeah. look so weird within the rest of the film looking dated. Absolutely. That but also, I think the stop motion yeah, for sure the stop motion works particularly with the uh, robots because there's that element of it being slightly jerky jerky that's yeah, how they're meant to be exactly so it, it works really well with them um, and hilarious hilarious yeah, that yeah. that thing falls down the fucking the floor stairs. D- down the stairs. the stairs absolutely brilliant and then re- responds like this baby big baby yeah. like, ah! <laughs> so it's squealing, <laughs> squealing away, away. Yeah. but be- before that you know as um as they're battling you get the first shot of Robocop's eye. You see, oh, an, you okay. see an eye. Oh, yeah, he gets a shot through the eye, doesn't that's he? That's right. Um, well, oh, right, because it's shooting away a bit of the helmet. I, I can't remember how, but you, yes. Yeah, he's yeah, like a bullet some, hole almost into his eye. So it must have been right. something like that. And you see his eye look out. And again, that's a further sort of sort of reminder that there's, there's a human there's human behind the, the, yeah. there's humanity there yeah yes a little fractured piece of his humanity yeah. coming back yeah, into yeah. play who he yeah. really is yeah which i which i really liked so um so the next scene is when um he he, he, he tries to escape but he's got uh, um he's 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 shot at by a whole whole, whole squad of uh, um these these are not police officers they're sort of sort of like a SWAT team or something like that oh yes yeah. yeah 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 um and then he 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 does manage to escape uh, uh, lewis manages to uh, rescue him and then you have yeah that's a scene afterwards where he's uh, um is, they're is both it, in that sort of like abandoned warehouse. Well, well, the abandoned warehouse. You know, you know that location. Is that where he was? Where, where he that, was shot? That is exactly. That is the Brilliant. same location. So I think it's important to have that as the same location because he's, he's, he's coming back to the origin, Full circle. The, the origin yeah. of his of his trauma. Of his trauma, yeah. To face it, confront exactly, it, exactly, yeah. Rebirth in that moment, and fitting that that's where he removes his helmet. Yes. To sort of regain yes. his, the yeah, you're right, the final piece. This is who I am. When he when he takes off the helmet, how do you how do you respond to that? And 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 that the the, the dialogue, the conversation he has with Lewis at that point. The most striking moment from that that I remember isn't necessarily about him acknowledging what he looks like or or anything like that. It's about him talking about his wife and child and him saying, I can feel them but I can't remember them. Yeah. That's that's it's a great so line. It's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, yeah, there's the, very very sad. There's an emotional core to this film, which I think separates it out from from other um, sort of sci-fi. It's the emotional films. parts of this film that you forget as well. You mm. forget about all of this within the whole the gore and all that that happened yeah it, it's true as as you as I look back on Robocop it had even I had now this, I only this watched watch, it this morning but. Yeah, but but it is true when you think 
of Robocop, the things that stand out in memory from years gone by is exactly that, the violence, the idea of this man in a robot. It's less that human factor, but it's that human factor that I enjoyed most of all. Yeah. If anything, I would have liked to have seen, I had a little bit more of that yeah. in 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 favour of maybe some of the cutaways to the to the news anchor team throughout or, or something like that. Mm. Or maybe a little less time with, with Morton or the boardroom uh, folks just to have a little more time. Mm. Particularly between... between uh, Murphy and, and Lewis because they have great chemistry as a partnership mm. and I would like to see maybe one or two more scenes there yeah I, I agree with you yeah what's what, Robocop 2 then no but what what what, you, what <laughs> were you, you you asked that question then Jamie is there something in that scene when he takes the helmet off that no, strikes no, I, you I agree that, that, yeah that's the same sort of uh, point I was going to raise but I would also maybe say um, again it's like when he when he looks at himself for the first time in the mirror and he's sort of touching his face and um yeah it's it's a it's a, it's a poignant scene um mm. and uh yeah it's just it is it is where you know he is finally sort of coming to terms with you know with with the situation yeah um and um yeah i think it, i think it's just one of the few quiet, reflective moments in the film. I think it's really sort of powerful because of that. Yeah, you're right. It reinforces a little bit of empathy and sympathy for him before the big showdown as well, because yes. it reminds you that there is that human there that you want, that you should be supporting and getting behind. And the fact that his his uh, automatic targeting is out ever so slightly reminds you that you need that human touch. You can't rely on robots for everything. Yeah. You can't rely yeah. on automation and computers for everything. That human touch and someone else's human touch is sometimes yeah. needed. It's not just you. One you need someone else to help you. Because yeah. let's not forget, his his rediscovery of himself isn't just his journey alone. She prompts him earlier when he's leaving the station. She's the one who calls exactly. him Murphy, exactly. which makes them all fucking furious. They say, well, what did you say to him? What did you say to him? How, like, how dare you? He's our property. He's a machine. Don't remind him of what he is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that, that's another sort of key point. So he, 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 he's our property. He's a machine. So they wiped his memory but they weren't able to fully erase the 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 man, the, the human, soul, the or soul. You know? Yeah, and it's the the sort of the, the trauma that he goes through is needed to sort of connect him to his. That, that, that's yeah. why he, he he uses that trauma mm. to to reconnect to his humanity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, this is that quiet, reflective moment in so many films, so many genres that you have right before the big showdown. Exactly, and I. This isn't. This is the ultimate showdown, isn't it? It is. I just, <laughs> yeah, it is. I just love this ending, and it's been all building up to this, and you know, your your hatred for this gang, or certainly when I was when, when I was younger, your hatred for this gang, and you you want you want them, you want a, a cathartic release. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and. And you get that absolutely uh, in in spades. In spades. The, the catharsis for me is absolutely in the humour of it as well, because it feels more satisfying to know they're dying in very funny ways, <laughs> in graphic but funny ways. It makes it all the sweeter that I can laugh at their death, particularly your man who gets the toxic waste through the van <laughs> that he's driving in, because it's funny before you see him it's funny just that his van crashing into the toxic waste 
<laughs> it's very Batman. It, it is, is very Batman. I mean, it says Tox, toxic waste. <laughs> 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 this is fantastic. It is Batman, isn't it? In some yeah. ways, this film is the most Arnie film that Arnie's never. Arnie should be in this film in so many he, ways. He was. It? He was. A <laughs> they offered it him. He did exactly. He did, he oh, did. Uh, yeah, but why did, why did he turn it down was but, it too similar to Terminator can you imagine Arnie in that suit oh no no <laughs> it would have yeah it would have been like he'd the, almost been too he's already almost like too robot like as it is he has the he voice for it but he does he Peter, does Pete, Peter Weller's voice is fantastic as a Robocop though oh he's, he's brilliant absolutely brilliant uh, another thing that connects those those two films together Terminator and Robocop is Orion Pictures Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was, yeah. I remember Those Orion logos. I remember in the eighties, they do Blade Runners as well. Um, yeah, they did do Blade I Runners. So. Yeah, because that, so, yeah. that's the image right before like that be. landscape. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so, for, for how good that uh, final scene is there, I have forgotten exactly how Bodica dies. Now I remember. I remember. We've already discussed the face it. Of, no, Bodica. Yeah, we've already discussed it. How does he die? Spike in the neck. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, yes. The spike. I forgot about the spike because we talked about it. Because you, you kind of know, don't you? When you see Ray Weiss up top, you know because Lewis is on the floor. She's had the, her shots, but you know that she's got eyes yeah. on Ray Weiss yeah. up the top. So you can't. You know. Well, I assumed she was going to shoot him, yeah. and he was going to dump all the stuff on Bodica. That's what yeah. I thought was going to yeah. happen instead of a Robocop, it's but. A- they let you have violence for all. Everyone gets it's, hit it's in that fucking final scene. showdown. It's a brilliant it scene. Is. The editing, uh, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good scene. It um, is. And uh, I, 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 this is something that Verhoeven wanted as well. He wanted Robocop walking on water. That, mm. that was that was his that was his Christ uh, uh, reference. He wanted that, so he was clearly uh, 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 looking for that angle. Um, Excellent. And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's walking and saying, I'm, I'm not going to arrest you anymore. Oh, oh, yeah. oh you're taking this right. This very satisfying. Right. <laughs> and then, and then he's, he's looking up at uh, Ray Wise, who's, who's positioning them. It's, just, it's so well done. And he's Brilliant. cheering so much when he dumps all that stuff on him. He's cheering away. And you know, you don't mind because you know that she's got, she's got the sights on yeah. him up top. I got him, Clarence. I got him. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> And then he's pinned down under all that, all the girders and everything. Yeah. She's been shot down. Mm. And this this line, how do you take this? She yeah. says, "I'm a mess," and he says, "Don't worry, they'll they'll they, fix you. They'll fix you. They fix everything. They they fix everything." That sarcasm from him, no, like, definitely. Don't worry, they'll take care of you. Whatever you end up yeah. coming I, back I, as, I think it's a very sort of cynical sort of res, sort of response as well. Yeah. Isn't there's a sense of you know, yeah. Well, see, this is why the se- you mustn't watch the sequel as well, Adam, because they because there's almost a play in your back of your mind here that could lead you to believe that maybe that company will do some sort of robotic work on her. But in the sequel, she's just back, yeah, fully human. The, the, yeah, exactly. The, the, it's just the same film, kind of again, just more of it and not the, as the, good. There was there was a suggestion <laughs> there. That's a good point. There's a, there was a suggestion that uh, Lewis, maybe Lewis may have been. Yeah, reconstructed to an extent Bec- herself because they filmed they filmed a, a, a sort of extended ending where after he leaves the boardroom, 
he goes to the hospital, I believe. Oh, I and did, she's I didn't in know hospital that. recovering. I, but then they cut it because, the, because Verhoeven said, no, that, there's no way because is, th- this is going to take away the impact is, of him. Is, is, which is a good choice. But is that available as a deleted scene or is it just... I, I've, I have never seen it. I only read that it that it's out there. Ah, or maybe maybe it was just posited and never filmed. Right. right. But either, either way, that would have taken away from what is the second most memorable scene in the film for me, which is this final boardroom scene. Yes. Yeah. Which is satisfying on a million levels. I should have mentioned this 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 earlier um, in my when I when I was talking about the film earlier. Um, I remember um, playing a Robocop computer game with with my brother. Um, and what was uh, it on? This was on a, a Atari. Oh, okay. I had the Mega Drive one. A, a, a Atari ST five twenty. Um, right. And. Uh, it was it was it was it was it was a pretty good game, but it, it was easy to complete. And the very final scene is is this uh, a shootout scene uh, with Dick Jones. Um, but it didn't matter where. So you have this sort of this character sort of scrolling across the screen, and you've got the target, and you have to sort of try and shoot him. I think you had to shoot him three times or something like that. But it didn't matter where on the the screen you shot him for the final time, he would still fly through the same hole. Brilliant. In, in, in the centre. <laughs> so if you got him... To, uh, if, I would always try to shoot him when I got sort of really confident. In a different it. angle yes, to send him yes, elsewhere. Yes, so due to the far extreme, would just see him flying. Old-fashioned video game logic. <laughs> Whichever way you cut it, so, I'm going out that so hole. Funny, so funny. Do they do the bit of him falling off the building or not? Um, you just see him. You just see him. You don't see him falling down. But you just see him sort of you know, fly out. Yeah, going through the, the through the window. I love uh, Bob Morton's colleague from earlier who is just loving the facts that Robocop has shot him out the window because even before the thumbs up, as he's getting shot, he stands up and he's got That's a big right. smile yeah, on yeah. his That's face. Right. The yeah. people in that boardroom love a bit of violence. It's just day-to-day for them. It really is life in the big city for them. Yeah. Just a, just and another he, day. You, you, you've actually reminded, again, it's something I should have said before, I'm really annoyed about this. In the, in the, in the Ed 209 scene, when Kenny is about to get killed, you have all the other characters pushing him into the line of fire. He's, 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 he's trying to get out. He's trying to get out. And, and, and Ed to they to... don't want to get shot themselves, eh? Yeah, I know. But surely the thing to do is to escort him out of the room. There's a door. Yeah, right? yeah, and Ed might have followed s- him you, round. Yeah, you would say, run the fuck out of that door. Yeah, we'll go out, over here. Out. You get over there now. Yeah. But then Panic, you, you though, see them it? all pushing him in front of even <laughs> the women. Pushing. Oh, you... It's true. Self, it self-serving... Is... Cunts. But the, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the 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 final line with the old man saying some what does he say? Some good shooting, son. Hey, What's your good, name? Good shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. And that turn, Murphy, Murphy, with a little smile on his face. Yeah. Stepping out of frame, the theme song Sting and Robocop yeah. coming up yeah. on screen. They don't make them like that anymore. You don't normally get the title card right at the end these days. I tell yeah. you, it's a great like one of the last great lines of cinema probably is like. It is. It, it, absolutely, it's brilliant. Love it. But, just bam, we're done. But my, but just like I said at the beginning, the old man does not get his comeuppance. Yes, we haven't seen him in, involved in all these criminal endeavours, but he's totally a capitalist whore and one that we're not supposed to respect or admire. That, that is a good point. And so mm. the end of the film, you know, makes him look as if he is 
you know yeah, yeah so, sort of like the the benevolent grandfather yes. of the company who could yes. do no wrong really he was just being directed by his executives he didn't know he knew and he is in the second film but i've yeah launched it from my memory and yeah, i can't remember so what, what happens so and and that in all its glory was robocop if anything that sting should have been used one or two more times yeah, i love before. it brilliant it's 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 a great it's a great great sting um i'm just checking my notes here to see if there's anything that i uh, wanted to mention that i haven't oh, mentioned do the same yeah my it's, i i hinted at it at the beginning but my i guess my only sort of like general thematic outstanding point about it that I read into it and appreciated was this idea of um, he was a man then his sacrifice was that he give gave his life over to become the ultimate employee workforce employee member of the workforce this police force where loads of them want to go out on strike and whatnot and there's multiple talks of, of strike so it made me really think about this compromise that we make as, as workers some of us not everyone where we can't give our all to our home life because we're so overworked but then equally when we're at work and we're so overworked we're thinking about our home life and we're not giving all to work and it's that that balance that he finds at the end where finally okay i am this robocop but i'm also this human i am this man i've yeah. balanced it out perfectly and i think that is all these references to strikes throughout it's kind of what everyone is aspiring to it's like we're humans at the end of the day we will work we know we need to work but we're humans and don't forget that we're humans we're not just these lemmings that are going to follow mm. follow orders regardless absolutely i think i think there's also another sort of uh, comment or suggested comment about uh, privatization and uh, you know governments taking over a government or corporations taking over owning something um mm. and sort of in many ways, OCP they own M Murphy or, or Robocop. You know, he is he is their property. So something yeah. that is, so he loses all sense of ownership. Hmm. Almost like a Facebook type scenario as well, where okay, we are ourselves, but Facebook, if we give them our information, well, they own it. This is this yeah. is ours now, yeah. and we'll do with your name what we please. What we please. Mm -hmm. When when the, the word you call it. When the website's free, you're the product or something like that, isn't it? That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. When the website's free, you are the product. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, he was very well ahead of his time. Well, I, I got to say, I am intrigued to hear scores. I'm also intrigued to see if I've been of any influence to you, gents. I think we know what Jamie's is, so we're probably truly. Well, what would you want no, to let's have, let's have Jamie, Jamie out. Okay, let's, I'll, I'll start because I'm. Uh, it's, it's obvious that this is this is this is a ten for me. Um, Where does it fit in your all-time films? Because um, it sounds like it should be high up in that, even not even just like a ten out of ten. Yeah, it I, does. I, fit, it does feel like a personal I, love. It is. It is a personal film, and I think probably I need to go through the list again and sort of. Uh, I have, to be honest, it's a film I thought oh, I really want to speak about this film. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it previously had featured in my sort of top ten, but I'm I'm sure it is in my top ten. I just haven't really given it the thought it it needs. Um, so I will give that thought. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a ten all the way for me. Okay. Um, it's, a then it's a very brave thing to talk about a ten out of ten film that you love so much because it's my I've I've said this to you before. It's one of the things that I find 
incredibly hard something that i love so much to come on this sort of platform and talk about it and talk to people who probably don't share that view and know that no matter what i say i'm probably not going to be able to convince them to think the way that i do because film reactions can be so subjective regardless of the quality of the film a lot of it is down to you time of life why you watched it the yeah, way it makes absolutely. you feel personally yeah. so kudos to you to doing it and also shout out to a previous episode that you were on where i know another of our people paul had to talk about a film which he absolutely adores yeah burn off the reading and had to listen to two of his co-hosts tear into him mm. pray for him i feel like it's hard, the problem very, is very no hard. Is the way that Jamie spoke about this film is about how he loves it. Not he's not trying to convince you to love it. No, he's talking about true. how he loves it. That's and it. Just almost you can't almost argue any of the points he ever spoke about because Absolutely. they're not really think... points on the film. There are points, but he like if that makes sense. You're not you putting got yeah, an argument right. on the yeah. film. You're um, to answer what you said about um, uh, you know that it's brave of me. I think as a as a film series teacher, I've shown so many films that have, have been personal to me and have had negative responses to that. I'm just, I'm just immune to it, to be honest. You've built a wall up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so, I've, so to be honest, you could have hated this film. I still would have loved talking <laughs> of about course. it. So it doesn't matter. Sometimes that, that's even better. When I love a film and someone tells me they absolutely hate it, I'm like, good, good. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, bring <laughs> it, it makes me so. Bring it it makes me feel so right. <laughs> I know right. what I want. I know what I like. <laughs> Shall I go next with my score? Yes, please. Okay, so it was, prior to the rewatch a few days ago, a seven, historically a seven. Yeah. Watching it the other day, it was an eight, a clear eight, not even a close eight. It was like, good. no, this is this is a great good, good. film. I took the most out of it. Good. Everything is about experience and encounters and talking to people, and film is is an art form, but it's there to be discussed and talked about, and it should be communal, <laughs> and we should be able Jamie's to discuss. Jamie's currently covered hiding his face. I had a bunch of negative points to bring up here and I haven't brought them all up because the stuff that we have talked about is so much bigger and so much more important and so much more interesting and fascinating than some of the negatives, which has made me realize that my list of good things had a bunch of blind spots in it. I should have been including a bunch of things that came up organically in our conversation, which I was already thinking anyway. Okay. So given your passion for it, given the bright, lively discussion we've had, and given how good I do actually feel talking about this film, I'm moving it up. It's a 9 out yes. of 10. That's my final score. You've done it. You <laughs> yes. have done it. And honestly, Jamie, That's I brilliant. was not planning on doing that. Even when you said it, I was like, I'm sorry, it's just not going to move. It isn't going to move. But it's it's an excellent film. It's not a perfect film, but it is an excellent film. And there goes the fidget spinner in celebration. <laughs> Come on, Adam. Oh, let's so see. Let's see. So when I originally watched this film, I gave it an 8 out of 10. And when I started watching mm. it, I was like, yeah, it's one of those films I gave it an 8 out of 10. But I feel like over years, your opinion on film changes so much. So you're almost kind of going in with a fresh start. You those don't you used to have been back in the day when you probably gave everything an 8 out of 10 when you know you're not really watched. Mm. And I was watching it and I was thinking... Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's not as good as I remember it. But by the end of it, it all started to click into pace and I remembered why. It's still an 8 out of 10 for me, Jamie. Uh, I, I, I appreciate your passion. That's fair. That's fair. I appreciate your passion, <laughs> your love for it. But it's, it is an 8 out of 10. It's a very solid 8 for me. Very right in the bang in the middle kind of 8s. And yeah, I mean, you're, you, but this film means, my opinion from this film doesn't really 
matter in the grand scheme of things. Of course it does. Well, but it's never going to... Yours is the opinion that matters. Well, I've, I've, I've still got some time to work on you. I'll, 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 at some point, I'll get you to push it up to nine, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we've gone from Burnout Reading, which was an... I think I gave it a six, to Vanishing, which was a seven, and now I you're think... You're going up, absolutely, you're yeah. You're going up, I'm gonna that think, is true. I'm going to think very carefully about my next choice. <laughs> I know. Can you select a ten? I do think that... As I as I'm certainly as I'm getting older, I'm finding that the films that I'm watching now that I watched a decade ago, I'm being not more harsh on, much kinder to. And I think maybe I was watching them at a point in my life where I just wasn't ready for it for whatever reason. Films are all I wasn't about ready love to look and celebration, it. though. The grand end of it, they you are. want to find films you love, and you're gonna you want to find context, good in a film rather than bad in a film. Context is everything. Really. It is. You always look to find good in a film rather than bad in a film. Yeah. So, so uh, this is going to hit very, very high. Obviously, we don't have Paul's score yet. So once Paul has watched it, Paul's score will be built into our average. But, boys, I can confirm that with Jamie's 10 and my 9 and Adam's 8, we average at a 9 out of 10. Oh, which means... There's which not makes, a lot of films in that bracket either. There's not a lot of films. There's 10 films. So immediately, this is going to go up into at least our top 11 Oh, of all time brilliant. even if it's for a short lived period of time Jamie Man. it will live there so Paul comes along with his five Paul, Paul please don't let me down <laughs> maybe you should wait for Paul to come out of Covid isolation when he's probably a little <laughs> yes, less grumpy yes I agree so less- I, Adam I'm just going to say now because the first the bottom nine is uh, Once Upon a Time in Miami you and I both gave that a nine so Robocop can't go above it until we know what Paul gives it so okay. We'll just that leave it means yeah. that's exactly where it sits. So, for listeners who want to know exactly where Robocop currently sits, it sits one spot outside the top 10. It's in the top 20, which is what we consider our all-timers. It sits at number 11, pushing down... That is so high. Pushing down three billboards, our second ever recorded episode, which was sitting pretty for so long. Goes above three billboards, one below one night in Miami. And just so you know what tops Robocop above that number nine face off number eight Mulholland Drive number seven Casino number six Joker number five Cinema Paradiso number four Home Alone 2 number three Home Alone number two Whiplash number one our new reigning champ the Irishman but is there a twist in the tail because Jamie has the opportunity to throw a score to one of our existing films. Will, will I uh, just give you a little teaser to say that? Yeah, my, absolutely. My uh, my choice will be w- one of those films in the top ten. Whether it's going to go really? up or down, you will find out shortly. Well, the funny thing is, oh, if something goes down, that could bring Robocop up into... I feel like with Ben Paul watching this film... It would beat One Night in Miami, but it's not going to beat Face Off for Paul. I would be stunned if it beat Face Off, but if he gave it a 10, which he may well do, Face Off is a 10 for him, so it would move above Face Off anyway because it would go above an average of 9, and it would go up to 9.3. Okay. And then it would be between that and Joker, but these are so many variables. And again, I don't feel like it would beat Joker, but yeah. I never know. So, uh, well, as we did kind of tease there, this is the moment. You heard the rankings, everyone. Jamie, as a patron, as Jamie's a guest on the show. Jamie's slowly moving away from his camera. He's always... I know. He's, he's looking is very he sheepish. Is he going to take a hit at something beloved? Well, all of these films all are top ten beloved. I just said something about let's love film and let's celebrate film. I could be instinctive 
and choose a film that will ultimately move Robocop further up. But I'm thinking, should I really then do it? Be I, fair. I really, it wouldn't be fair to do that, I don't think. Uh, listen, you, if you want to choose chaos, you can choose no, chaos. No, I, think, I think that's. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my original choice. At ten o'clock at night. I'm going to okay. Stick, I'm going to stick to my original, original choice. I think that's only fair. I don't okay. generally like to demote. I'm much more into promotion. Yeah. God. And Ben, this is going to really please you. I think I'm going to give oh. a ten to Mulholland Drive. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Jesus. This is new. This is new information I was not expecting. I'm so glad you give that I wasn't expecting you to go for Mulholland Drive out of all of those films. I am so glad. Well, that's that's the one. Mulholland Drive is also one of those films I forget about how high it's gone. Yeah, as as it rightly should. This is fantastic, Jamie. Right. Let me do a bit (laughs) of that. I must must admit, a little bit of promotion for you guys here. It was greatly enhanced by listening to your podcast afterwards as well. Oh, it's, bless it, you. It is definitely the film I think about most when I think about the podcast. Knowing Ben's knowledge on it and discussing that, yeah, you can't was, watch that film I, and I, not discuss I, I, it. I just listened to the podcast straight away afterwards. And then, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Perfect. That's good to know. That is one of the, I would say that is one of the few episodes where we really did try and analyse everything. And when it's Lynch, that's so hard to do. But. I feel satisfied with our efforts with it anyway. Um, so I got news for you with that. It gives a unique score. A score that we have not had before at and all. We shouldn't because it'd be divided by four, not three. Exactly. So this averages in at 9.25. So everyone, a new... Well, not a new entry in the top ten. It was already in the top ten. It's gone higher. So do you want to hear our new top ten in order? Does it yes, go please. to a 9.3 though? No, it doesn't go to a 9.3. Okay. It goes to, a, well, Paul likes to round up, so it does go to a 9 point, it's a 9.25, so it does go to a 9.3, yeah. but the existing 9.3 has a 9.33, so ah. it goes below that. So okay. here is the new top 10. Number 10. So One Night in Miami's out. Oh. Robocop's below that. Number 10, Face Off. Number 9, Casino. Number 8, Mulholland Drive. So what it's done... It is. It has flipped position with Casino. Previously, it was one below Casino. It has jumped above Casino. It's on a nine point two five. Joker's on a nine point three. So Joker. How sits do you above. feel about that, Ben? I'm. I, listen, I'm absolutely. Of course, Joker. They are two with, big with well, Another. No, I'm another, talking about the Casino Maholland Drive flip. That's that's totally fine. Uh, an, I agree uh, with that. Another connection for me is that your Casino episode was the very first one that I listened to. Was it? It was. Wow. Maybe a couple of years ago now. Well, Amazing. Why did you, was it just because that's the one we released when you found us? Or it was, it was, um, uh, was it Paul? Paul reached out, didn't he? Paul, yeah, absolutely. So um, I uh, I put a Goodfellas review up um, and uh, Paul said, uh, hey, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I agree with the opinions. We just done the podcast on it. You know, compare because I think I did a, I did a sort of compa- I did a comparative casino with comparison. The casino, yeah. Um, and then I listened. I listened um, to you guys and amazing. Yeah, everything comes full circle well and now you have a film that you've brought to us and you've wedged it in there just a couple spots below both of those. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. We've um, there's been a lot of changing and arranging in our top ten over the last week or so. Yeah, Whiplash and Irishman. When, swap ben places. Get, when Paul gets back, sorry, we'll have a proper. I feel like we need to 
sit down and let it settle almost yeah which is a lot of dust re- in the air at the moment chig where that is but there we go so what that also does and let us salute a fine film which is about to drop out of our top 20 because of the addition of robocop we'll all be sorry to see it go it's a very crucial episode in our history we lose holy motors oh no it's gone but that's because of ro- the credentials of RoboCop. Paul may suddenly resurrect Holy Motors, I'm, depending on his I'm, his rating when it comes. I'm gutted about that. Because you, know you know what I think about Holy Motors. Exactly. And look, all of these things that are so significant for you yeah. have now rejigged. Oh, that's... There we go. Bittersweet. So Holy, Holy Motors is out. Halloween 2018 is now on the precipice in that top 20 spot. Ooh. But... Will it change again once Paul watches? We will find out very soon. So that was the scores on the doors, and we very much hope you enjoyed the RoboCop episode. We're about to slightly swift switch focus now, and uh, before we close doors, we are going to have a quick chat. Well, not a quick chat. We're going to hear from our patrons and what they've been yes. watching recently. Uh, Jamie, we will save you for last, since we have you with us, if that's okay. Fine. Um, uh, all right, guys, so we're going to cut over to our patrons to hear what they have been watching recently, what they liked and what they didn't like. First up, Sean Panda Nicholson. And he says, oh, first of all, he says, yes, can't wait for this episode in this round, the year of my birth, 1987. Well, you've got three more coming from that year, Sean. That's not your favorite of 1987. Anyway, I think I watched my best film of 2021 the other night, and that is the visceral and disturbing Titan. A glorious body horror that genuinely both disturbed and fascinated me. I will be scheduling in a rewatch as soon as I can. Adam, I know you watched that yesterday. I watched that last night, yes. We had a little chat about this. We won't yes, go we into spoilers, did. but... Have you seen it yet, Jamie? Oh, I can't wait to see it. Um, I have been given uh, access to a stream of it, uh, but I really oh, want to see it dear. in the cinema. I really want to see it in the cinema. Yeah. It would benefit from cinema. Yeah. There's, like the, the soundscape is insane, and because it's so... It's so disorientating all the way through. If you can have an immersive yeah. experience, all the better for it. All the better for it. It is. It's an incredible film. The least you know about it before going in, the better. Um, he also says, "I also got my superhero fix." It's a shame Paul's not here for this bit. By watching two of the greatest superhero films ever, not debatable. Into the Spider-Verse and Batman vs. Superman. The former is a visual delight with a perfect story and love for the Spider-Man universe, and I am really excited for the sequel. The latter is simply in my top three superhero movies of all time. Batfleck is great as a miserable, battle-worn Batwoman, Batman, and, <laughs> and uh, Cavill's Superman is perfection. The visuals are stunning, and its long runtime flies by. Okay, Jesse Eisenberg should have reined it in a bit, but I think this is as close to perfection that a superhero film has got, and I will fight, alongside Paul, I'm guessing, anyone who says otherwise. I'm only joking, I won't fight. I will silently nod and reluctantly accept the other person's terrible opinion. Anyway, have a good one, you lovely podcasting dudes. Uh, The thing is, everyone's opinion is subjective. Everyone is right with their own opinion, but you are very wrong there, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. I will always remember the day Ben got sent to see Batman vs Superman. Oh, I'll never forget it. Wasn't it when Jenny was away on holiday or something? Like Je- that, wasn't Jenny it? was away somewhere. It was early morning. It was like and you half were like, "What should I go see?" What, and he I've was like, "Batman vs Superman. You'll love it." It and was one ben of the worst cinema the most screens mis- of all. Ben came out the most miserable man you've ever seen. <laughs> a, dre- a dreadful experience, uh, but very glad that you enjoyed it, Sean. Uh, Adam, what Spider-Verse has really been watching? On the other hand, though. 
Which one is Into the Spider Verse? The Sony animated one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, that is good. I enjoyed that. And the I, new I, I, yes, that was good as well. We won't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Adam. What about um, Julio? Next up, we have Julio. He says, "I did it, guys. It was down to the wire, but I crammed of most of Jane's champions." filmography into the last week of December and she beat M. Night Shyamalan as the most watched director of 2021. Not all of her movies are a winner though. I thought Sweetie was particularly unpleasant to watch, a comedy that I found pretty unfunny. On the other hand, the portrait of the lady was really good, even if you could feel the runtime. The top three remain Power of the Dog, Piano and In the Cut. The only movie I've heard but I haven't watched yet is Holy Smoke, which features Kate Winslet and Harvey Keitel, but I plan to take care of that in this month. On the blockbuster side of the story, I love the new Spider-Man movie <laughs> and I hated the new Net Matrix movie. The two sides of the same coin, in a way. Um, first of all, I, this, I, didn't, I watched Power of the Dog and Ben said it to me before. I wouldn't like it, and I didn't like it. I found it quite boring and quite slow. I mean, I liked um, it, but I thought it was quite boring and quite slow. But then when, I can't remember who I was saying this to, but when I went up to, to uh, Norwich for Christmas to uh, be with Jenny's folks, they really rated it, and they talked to me at length about why they thought it was good, and I appreciated what they said, and I could see why they liked it. And, Jamie, I could see why, why you might like it as well. It just didn't it was a little it was just too slow too slow it slow boiled for me too much yeah it compromised the story um julio i'm not going to respond to the matrix comment here because i saw that you wrote a long comment on the on the patron which i haven't haven't seen yet but i can only imagine that is in response to the most recent episode where i said i called you out for liking fan service when it suits you (laughs) there's a war there's a war going on here about fan service julio and it ain't over yet julio is not the person you want to pick a war with either no (laughs) thank you for firing back though um finally before we get to jamie uh, a late entry you got in on time luke uh luke human says i caught i got caught in the seasonal trap of watching parts of movies that were on tv while i was engaged in other activities so saw two-thirds of tons of family films such as labyrinth back to the future three and some particularly problematic carry-on movies <laughs> yes fortunately there was still some time to fit in a couple of memorable watches the harder they come turned out to be a real delight Samuel directs the hell out of this, employing a flair for visual storytelling alongside wrangling a substantial cast of hugely talented actors. He borrows Spielbergian camera movement, Wright-esque needle drops, and Kubrickian framing to present a thoughtful yet exhilarating Western using colour in all the senses of the word to serve up a unique black perspective on an American cinematic obsession. All three of us have talked about the harder they they uh, come. Uh, none of us uh, said it so eloquently. I haven't really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one said it in the Luke human way. I know. Kubrickian. I'm going to start calling things Kubrickian. Uh, even more memorable was Leo Carax's dreamlike cinematic opera Annette. Julio didn't like this. This is interesting. Absolutely at his mercy, we are confronted on a number of levels as Driver and Cotillard sing a heartbreaking tale of adult immaturity at the expense of a child. Driver completely kills his role as a self-absorbed comedian with no skills to handle the responsibilities of real life and selfless love, showing extensive range and demanding utter attention. Tons of cleverly rendered blending of theatre and cinema, accompanied by a bold and totally effective casting decision, make this an experience that those who are able to buy into it are sure to find a moving and powerful piece of work. Very interesting because that's um, that's our man behind Holy Motors. It is indeed, and I've watched it as well. 
What did you think? And uh, funny enough, I, I I saw Julio's review and I was close to not watching it. Oh really? I thought, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Um, but I watched it and I really enjoyed it. It's not not Holy Motors level of enjoyment, but I think it's it's really good. There's some, uh, and I agree with with what uh, Lucas said in his review there. I and mean, there's there's some fantastic. There's only stuff one. In it. There's only one thing for it. We have to watch it. Yeah, I would be the final def- judge. Def- we can decide it. who's wrong and right. Yeah, I mean, the, okay, fantastic. The, the, the cast, you can't afford, you can't choice, afford to annoy Julio no, anymore. The, the casting choice he's referring to is is really bold. Um, yes, I, I, that's off, in inverted commas. So I was trying to understand why he he put well, casting in well, inverted yeah, commas. Yeah, yeah, but you, you have, have to, to see it. it to, uh, okay, yeah. the intrigue. It, the intrigue's it fantastic. Really well at the end as well. That's all I'll say. Amazing. Can you afford to go to war with Julio anymore though at the moment, Ben? <laughs> hey, it's it's love and war. That's that's the that's the name of Julio and my relationship. Love and war. <laughs> All right, Jamie. What about you? What's right, been okay. on your palate? Um, I'll just mention a couple of films. Um, the first one. This is my first watch of 2022, and it was a film called Limbo. It's on a movie. Um, it's a Scottish writer and director, um, Ben Sharrock. Um, and it's a film about a group of asylum seekers that are, uh, oh, that yes. are stuck on a Scottish island. Yeah. island. Um, and, you know, that's just perfect for me, obviously, as, as uh, someone who's brought up in a, a very sort of remote Scottish island. So a lot of the island humour, I just, it just, just it really sort of uh, struck a chord with me. Um, uh, Sean, Sean Panda Nicholson, I'm sure will love this film as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Living in similar circumstances, um, it's it's got a real sort of wry, offbeat sense of humour, which I really liked. But there's a couple of moments that really sort of, you know, uh, surprise you. Um, and I, won't, I don't want to, you know, ruin it by any spoilers. But I I, I give it a nine. Um, I think it's really oh, well. worth checking out if you can. Um, so yeah, that's my opinion of film Limbo. It was at the London Film Festival, but really? uh, it just I couldn't get it to fit into into the, the schedule. But it was high up on my um, yes. my wish list. Yeah, it was it was great. Really loved that. Um, and I saw the last duel as well. I watched that last night. I saw I saw you check that in on Letterbox. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It's uh, the Rashomon esque uh, narrative. I think really worked well. And I th- agree with you. I read your review that it, it sort of improves as it goes on and. That final, yeah. that final perspective um, from um, uh, Jodie's character, I think, was 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 really important. But I like the way that each yeah. each perspective has their sort of prejudiced sort of nuances to it. Um, yeah, which is you know, you know that's it. You know, that's that's their memory. That's what the, that's what they take from it. Is it is it necessarily the true um, re- reflection of what happened? You don't really know. It's a, yeah. exactly. And that's what is interesting. Even if there is a true true story, which I I would assume it's quite clear which one is the true version of events. The truest, even that, truest. the truest, yeah. exactly. You know that there's things in there that are, as with everyone's memories, slightly frayed yeah. in favour of themselves or someone that they don't particularly like. They're made to look worse worse off. I didn't under I didn't realise that it was going to follow that sort of structure when I started watching the film, which is why I really didn't enjoy the first 30 to 40 yeah. because 
I just thought oh, these are just reprehensible people, and I just I'm, I, I don't care. I don't care for this. That the way they're behaving is just horrendous. This doesn't make sense. And the, and what I consider to be the caricature acting, I think, kind of is intentional. Even though I do still criticise it, I think it is intentional because it needs to be able to fit various moulds, various it's, different stories yeah. at a time. But I'm glad that Ridley's out there still making films like that because it's not top, t- it's not perfection, but it's a good, solid film that I'm glad he's made and is out there that I could still imagine watching and in another this 10 is, years. This is a eight, I think he's 80, or he must be close to 80. Yeah, he's over 80. He's over 80. It's an 80 odd year old man still you know, producing films like this during yeah, lockdown. It's incredible. During lockdown conditions, amazing. Yeah. So if he wants to tell interviewers to fuck off, he can exactly. tell interviewers to I fuck just love off. That. <laughs> Yeah, Ridders on the totally. Loved it. That is us. Uh, is that you, Jamie? That is me. Yes. Amazing. Thank you. So, loads to add to your watch list, there, folks. Right, we are on the back end of a mammoth recording. Uh, we seem to be doing a lot of mammoth recordings uh, mm-hmm. recently, but it's, it's only natural when we have a guest. So, Jamie, thank you once again, as always, for the knowledge, the jokes, the company. Always a pleasure to have you on, and what a great film choice. Thank you, gents. Always a pleasure. Uh, one, one final thing to do. We'll one final order of business. Yes. So we, I've been sitting on this. I have no idea what it says. This is a voice memo sent by Paul. Since he can't be with us exciting. today. This is. We're going to find out yeah. live. This is In his reveal. He's going to pop himself into this recording. Are, are we, are we going to give any predictions? 1987. Well, I don't want to because I don't want to show my hand yeah, okay, as okay. to what sort of Fair films enough. that I'm Fair considering. But as a jo- as far as a genre goes, I'm going to say horror. E- yeah. Evil Dead Two. Well, okay, there you go. Well, that's what I think he's going to pick. Are we ready? We'll Here we go. Here is Paul speaking. Hello, you beautiful men. I hope you had a wonderful episode. Thank you so much, Jamie, for filling in for me. I hope you did an absolutely beautiful job. I guess it's my time to decide what film we're doing next time. It is a 1987 film, of course, and just a bit of history. I found this film on just a random person's profile. I'm just certain I don't even follow them. But this was their number one film of all time, and it immediately interested me just because of how random this film was. It's basically a three out of five on Letterboxd, and the ratings are so sporadic on the chart like people rate it every rating under the sun and it is 0.1 points higher than the Velocipasta and the reason I say that is because this is also a B movie it's actually a triple B movie as these films got known as from the director Andy Sidaris for bombs bullets and babes (laughs) so that's the kind of thing we're going for this is Hard ticket to Hawaii. I cannot wait for this. I feel like this could be the Velocipasta of 2022. And I really hope it is. You can also watch this film on YouTube absolutely free. Because there's no copyright going for this film apparently. No one cares that it's on YouTube. So if you want to see it, you can check it out there. Thank you everyone. I'll see you next episode. Jamie, it's on your watch list. It is on my watch list. <laughs> it is on my hard, watch list. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's on my watch I've list. I've not I don't heard know of this film. Wow. Okay. 
Paul hasn't watched it either. Well, this is fantastic. Well, this is exactly what we wanted. We, this is what, you know, for the years to g- give us films that we maybe have never seen before. Oh, I've got to say... I, I know why it's on my watch list. Why is that? There's a student in the same class as Kate Heron. Not in that same class, um, Jack Caulfield, they, they, the two of them, they, they were the standout students. He's rated as 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 five with a with a with a with with a love on it. So, wow. Well, and he knows his film. Listen, if that was a twenty first century film, I would be taking against it immediately. But because it's in the eighties and it's sporadic, I'm it looks excited. Like it looks like there's a whole series of films as well. And this when is you go the, down the bottom, it's this related is the first? films. It looks like it's the second, actually. So we're going to watch a seat. We're going to watch a seat. I hope we don't need to have seen the first one I don't to understand think, this. I don't think it looks like that kind of I film. I don't think so. <laughs> this, go down. Go down. Hard. Go on it, Ben, and go to related on. They just yeah. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Well, Paul, your absence has been more than made up for with the bomb I, 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 that you've I think dropped. This, is, this is a great choice. I had no idea this was coming. So. For those who don't know, the IMDb description says, In Hawaii, an undercover DEA agent and her civilian friend stumble upon a drug trafficking operation and have to enlist the help of all their colleagues slash friends to go after the vicious drug kingpin. It does look like a Velocipasta-style thing, but if it's taking itself seriously as many films in the 80s did, it will be much more hilarious for it. (laughs) Well, there you go. Hard Ticket to Hawaii coming up next wow. on Film Busters, I folks. I was not anticipating that. I was not. I was what not way this well, year is going already. There we go. We thought Evil Dead 2. How far we off got, were we? How far? <laughs> <laughs> Massively. It's oh. a B-movie kind of vibe. Well, it is. Well, folks, there we go. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It was our pleasure to be we here did. recording it for you. We had a lot of fun. Jamie, thank you once again, sir. Thank you. Until next time. We'll see you in uh, six rounds in six years' time. Yes. And well, you've got to pick more wisely on this, aren't you? This you've got to, There's going to be a lot more coming into... <laughs> very careful. Not more wisely. I think that's a very mad way of putting that sentence. But you're going that to, is, there's going to be a lot more factoring <laughs> into your pick next time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Amazing. Thank you. Deal, Busters.